1: into Chemist Warehouse to find half price off selected Microgenics vitamins and
2: supplements. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepaid plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz
3: This is Izzy and Kempy for breakfast on SENZ.
1: Good morning Aotearoa, it is three past six here on SENZ. It is Ricardo and Beeve with you for breakfast and for Izzy and Kempy Coming up on the show, Alistair Hunt after 7 o'clock, former New Zealand Davis Cup captain, going to talk Australian Open and New Zealand's Davis Cup Cup tie coming up against Bulgaria in Christchurch as well. Ruben Statham is back in uh, to lead New Zealand in that one. After eight o'clock, Kyle Mills, former Black Cap, will join us to talk what it's like to play cricket in India. I was uh, having a look, Beef, at New Zealand's record uh, in India and in ODIs. We've uh, lost 35 thirty five one eight, so uh, got to be a tough place to go. Morning to you.
4: Morning mate, great to be uh, great to be here with you. And uh, yeah, I wouldn't have thought our record in India would have been flash. I uh, I can't recall watching too many where we've dominated on the uh, on
1: the Indian pitches. But uh, yeah, room for improvement. Room for improvement. It'd be good to get Millsy um, on, get his get his take given he's he played a bit over there, played a bit of the early days of the IPL, etc.
4: Absolutely, one of our. Uh, one of a great ODI bowlers, wasn't he? He was, I think, ranked number one in the world there for, for, for a spell as well as a bowler. So, uh, no, no one better to tell us. I mean, I couldn't imagine him being overly excited about Tours to India as far as
1: <laughs> the assistance that he would have got yeah. off the uh, top of his run but uh, no, it'd be good to get him on It will be, so we'll do that after 8 o'clock We're also going to get uh, talk to a young fellow out of C.D. who went alright yesterday, C.D. Staggs uh, in the news a bit at the moment, Beef. Uh, yesterday, I don't know if you uh, saw this Will Young, has been a lot of talk about getting him into the Black Caps. yesterday against Auckland, he hit five sixes in a row and he went for the 6-6, got caught on the boundary <laughs> yeah
4: you admire the uh, ambition, don't you? I mean, everyone <laughs> wants to everyone wants to do the six sixes, don't they? But uh, yeah, obviously he's. It's a matter of time, isn't it, before mm. he's a, a mainstay of that Blackcaps uh, lineup. And geez, when you think about a few of the others that you that he'd be in the team
1: with, it is going to be explosive, isn't it? Oh, mate, I mean, did, did Glenn Phillips' innings, eh? The in that yeah. third ODI against Pakistan. Considering the guy was spewing his ring out only like an hour <laughs> before he got into the crease, he did pretty well. Absolutely, and you chuck the Finn of the
4: world into that sort of mix, and uh, geez, been an exciting, exciting watch, right? it?
1: Yeah, mate, it'll be uh, be fantastic. So, uh, yeah, there's more news out of the uh, CD camp, beeve and um, this is, uh, I just caught this on Crick Info today, I was looking at some stuff, but Rob Walter, who's the CD coach, has just been named South African coach. So, South Africa is splitting their coaching. They're having a white ball coach and a red ball coach. Yes. And they have named him as one of their two coaches, but they haven't actually said which, way he, which one he'll be doing. There you go. CD, eh? Yeah. Producing uh, international coaches. Well, because, I mean, Heinrich Milan was there for a while and now he's coaching Ireland, right? It seems, seems to be a pathway. Well, it's it's funny you mention that, Ricardo, because uh, I actually happen to know somebody
4: on the on the CD board, and uh, a few years ago they advertised their job, and he said to me, and he gave me some names. Mm. They were all recognisable international coaches' names. So I don't know what it is. They, they must love the vineyards, or just yeah. being close to Smithy, But um, they uh, <laughs> they attract some um, some high credentials when it comes to that coaching coaching gig of CD. The power of
1: Smithy, eh? Yeah, it, may, it may well be the case. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Now I've got to say, now, I mean, and, and this will be a little bit like, because um, no one else can see this, but uh, your studio today looks mm. superb. Um, I've got to say, uh, I can see the caravan in the background. You're on a deck. Uh, you got your back against some. Uh, you know, it must be your batch. You can see the the sky in the background, and it's not just all clouds, which is a which is a good sign. Well,
4: it's a good sign, Ricardo, but today's my last day here. After the show, we're packing up and coming home. And yeah, the sky you talk about is actually quite appealing. Um, mm. However, the skies for the last two and a half weeks With the children um, locked inside a, a pretty small batch Haven't exactly been that appealing, Ricardo So it's, it's bittersweet, uh, yeah. you mentioned my surroundings today
1: Yeah, well that's the thing Because I, I knew that you were, you were going to be coming to us live from Mararangi yeah. And I and I went, oh, I'm pretty sure he's had a bit of rain um, <laughs> Oh, he's <laughs> had a bit Yeah, how, how are you guys um, set for, in terms of I know there's been a lot of property damage But how, how are you guys set? Are you alright? And uh, are the roads all open again? You can get out? <laughs> I think we can get out
4: one way, yeah. yeah. I think I think we can. Um, I should check that, but uh, no, I think we're, we've had a, we've had about three days now of uh, decent weather, so. Um, the the impromptu swimming pool on the front lawn that the kids have actually thoroughly enjoyed um, not so much the laundry committee here at the batch uh, because that's resulted in about five pairs of uh, clothes on a daily basis but uh, no, apart from that we, we've been fine mate obviously the road slips have been a bit of a drama for a few mm-hmm. people, we, we've had people on the street here have had flights flights to get to and have been trapped and all sorts, so it's um, Ah,
1: it is what it is, isn't it? It's uh, New Zealand summer. Not, not as predictable as uh, others. No, not as predictable. Did you manage to get along to the Coro Classic? I know they had a big gig down there, didn't they?
4: <laughs> well, funny enough, Ricardo. Very good question. Yeah. Uh, you set me up well here. I we did have tickets for it. Mm. Um, lucky enough to have tickets for it. And I played golf that afternoon. That this uh, festival, literally about uh, a k from the batch, was all going down and. And the missus was quite pumped up about going and we had a babysitter all sorted. And then I went around the golf course and there's quite a lot of adjoining houses to the golf course. And spirits were high in all these houses. And uh, and I've got nothing against spirits being high. Ricardo, I love spirits being high. But I started to work out that um, I might have been a bit out of my age bracket. Uh, oh. of, and then the, the, real, the real kicker was when I was leaving the golf course to get back home and a lot of the festival goers were on their way Um, and there's a few yell outs to beaver blah 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 and I worked out that yes very much outside my age bracket. So I got home. I said to the missus, uh, "We'll have a nice night on the deck. Uh, get dressed up. I'll get the best. I'll get your favourite grins out. Yeah. And uh, and that'll be our festival. And we'll keep the windows down, and we can hear the party from there. So uh, didn't make it, Ricardo. But uh, yes, it went down went down well. And that was in amongst all the uh, all the cyclones and, and rain, and I think uh, gumboots was the uh, footwear of choice for for many of those guys.
1: Yeah, well, I think it might have been. I was going to say be rubbers of some description or other, because I noticed that the main stage was called the Durex stage, which <laughs> well, I thought was quite interesting. Well, a
4: lot of people take sponsorship from uh, whoever, you know, yeah. so, um, you know, it is what it is, I guess. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, surely winners are grinners. Is there a grin stage there? Uh, look, not this year, but oh. uh, look, but things are in place. Uh, it's a real stronghold for a for brand as part of the world, so uh, as you can imagine, already Already putting things in place
1: for next season. That's, that's what we want to see. That's what we want to see, Beef. We want to see. Want to, you've got to, got to, got to be able to afford the uh, the the add-on to the batch as the kids get older, right? So you've got to be doing something. <laughs> I wouldn't want buying them a batch. Of somebody on the other side of town so they can just go there when it's raining. <laughs> no, sounds perfect, mate. Sounds perfect. Now I, I want to get your take on this. Um, there's a a Welsh rugby journalist that I know called James Trafford. He's written a couple. of He actually wrote a couple of kids' books. About the history of Welsh rugby, for for you know because they're basically all too, um Nobody really remembers 1953 anymore. So he, <laughs> he's he's basically done, he, he did this book, which is all um, it's not quite a comic book, but it's all you know got lots of pictures through. It's about the history of Welsh rugby, but he has just started a campaign. Beef. Um, he writes uh, on a on a blog called the Eastern Terrorist or the East And uh, he started a a campaign to bring back the old uh, classic black-tipped Adidas rugby ball. (laughs) He said, um, (laughs) click here to add your support to make the rugby world a slightly more attractive place. For a sport that has so often dwelt in the past, rugby and rugby marketing folk are very poor at conjuring up the sweet smell of nostalgia. For reasons the East Terrorist has never understood, the marketing people behind the Six Nations, for example, have never encouraged teams to indulge in a bit of retro kit wearing. The competition first saw its match played in 1882 should be no-brainer. Time for players to run out. In some sort of tribute to that tournament's incredibly rich history, he goes on to talk about the things that you remember from sport, and that's why he wants to bring back the black-tipped Adidas rugby ball. You would add one of those as a kid, wouldn't you? Oh well,
4: yeah. I know I know exactly the ball he's talking about. No, geez, I didn't have one as a kid in the backyard because I think even back then they were about 120 bucks, and you can imagine 120 bucks 70 years ago is quite expensive. Okay? Yeah, <laughs> but um, no, it's it's funny when I was obviously you didn't tell me what. Uh, he was wandering back and when you started to talk about the Adidas black the ball straight away there's things that you uh, sort of affle- like I just remember how glorious they used to look when Grant Fox was about to kick off a test match on a Saturday afternoon uh, when, you, when you'd when be on the sand there yes yeah. that's how he used to kick off a ball kids uh, yeah. to start a of match off the sand and uh, and how just shiny and the, and the pristine of it all and then like growing up or growing up from a childhood dad coached ever first of things to a local club Prebs team and they all had the the Adidas back to ball and I can always remember the first when they first would get them sent out from whatever distributor I'd get them from the smell of them mm. they were a glorious smell so I don't think they were probably as good a quality I'd hate to be playing at uh, Waikato Stadium on a greasy Friday night with them but uh, I certainly I certainly for. Uh, I guess even Would sex appeal Be the right word yeah. for it I, I think We need to bring it back And yeah. and surely they can make it Some sort of Synthetic Yeah but you know, make Keep the look Keep the look And, and, and just for, for People like myself Maybe Some aspect of the smell Because uh, Jeez it was a glorious smell When oh. they came You wouldn't want them At the end of the season But that first <laughs> That first That uh, first that first opening of the box when they would come out, geez, how impressive!
1: But what we need is we need to get some of those—I don't know what you call them—those those, those uh, re- refresher things for your car that you hang yes. over there. Uh, get <laughs> yes. them Adidas black tip rugby ball scented ones. We should uh, that that could be maybe uh, your next uh, your next uh, business venture. And maybe all the ball boys just walk around for a little spray can of it. Yeah, just ch- 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 ch. maybe that could be the new links, <laughs> 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 new links black tap tipped Adidas rugby ball. That's what we want. That's what we want. Uh, so, yeah, it was, so that got me thinking, baby, other things that you'd bring back, you know, from, from year in sport, because we do have our can't wait question of the day. So from yesterday Can't wait
2: question of the day.
1: That oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, gave me a fright. From year, what is something that you would want to bring back to sport? I mean, we've talked the black-tipped uh, Adidas rugby ball. Oh, I think that's a decent shout. I remember my uncle buying me one of those when I was a kid, and... Um, he was a he was a rugby mad and my dad was football mad, so I think he was trying to sway me to the dark side as it were. Um, so I remember having one of those. Tell you what, if you had those back if you had those now, it'd certainly cut down the amount of kicking we would see because those things would get heavy as anything, right? Um, with really a bit of water.
4: Very heavy. Very heavy. The as a save over time the nighttime games, mm. uh, the error rate could go through the roof, I'd imagine. Uh, even more so than what it is. Uh, if, if i and i don't know joe can give me not am I allowed to bring my what I'm bringing yeah. back at the moment oh, really? Is this too early yeah um I'd bring back racking oh, i know yeah. it's a very boring answer, but i'm bringing back racking to speed up that ruck ball yeah um and if i'm not bringing back racking i'll bring back punching uh, because <laughs> you've just got too many too many people fronting up the people that if push comes to shove are running yeah uh, so let's 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 just get rid of that and i think you will have a quicker and do I say cleaner game I, uh, and better spectacle?
1: You know what I can't believe right right here right now. I can't believe that I'm not talking to Richard Lowe after that answer, because <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a Richard Lowe answer. Well, but, but but I was guilty of it myself.
4: Obviously, I finished with many years in Japan, Ricardo, yeah. and I would um, because I knew that there was yeah, there was no sort of repercussions of trying to be tough. You know, you'd go and have a bit of push and shove with these with these Fords every now and again. And you think to yourself, when's one of these guys going to call you bluff and like lay you out? You know? And there was, it was in the back of your mind, but you sort of knew that it was unlikely. Mm. Uh, where, i just saying that fear factor needs to be there. But the rucking thing, I mean, I saw uh, the great Steve Hansen. He's sure Steve isn't he these yeah. days. Uh, he was in a column over the weekend uh, saying about how if you get people on the ball quick enough what's World Rugby going to do about it because essentially there's no place to clean them out yeah. and he's dead right because if you go anywhere near the head or whatever you're risking a red card and, and potentially risking results so I'm, I'm I'm a firm believer that if there's most teams probably only have two two guys maybe three you know depending on physiques, because locks aren't made for jackling yeah. or when I say jackling for those at home it's, it's getting over the ball and trying to steal the ball at a ruck if you had rucking back, you will Sorry, it's the seagulls. They've obviously spotted something. It's got the old, um, bin, the bin chickens
1: are out in force.
4: Yeah. <laughs> it is actually a rubbish day today, so there could be some carnage out here soon. Um, but, um, yeah, the fact is, you've got guys going in, and at the moment, all you have to do is get over the ball mm. with no great technique or great bravery, and you can't be touched. Where how many of those people are going to go there if they know that they could get uh, the eight sprigs uh, just, you know, in a rotating backwards uh, motion as mm. was the rule. Obviously, you're not kicking anyone. But, you know, that, for me, that would clean up. There's no, nothing gets rid of a body quicker than a few, few little boots, a uh, few little uh, sprigs on the back. You know, so... Yeah. I'm going to stick to it. It's never going to happen because, boy, um, wouldn't that create some controversy with uh, the mothers of the world yes. these days trying to let their little boys play rugby? But, uh yeah, I'm. I'm going with racking. I'm bringing back racking.
1: Bring back racking. Okay. So what yeah. we want to hear from you. You can't. This is our can't wait question of the day. From yesterday, what's something that you would want to bring back into sports today? Whether it's the uh, the the black tipped uh, Adidas rugby ball or, or it's rucking, as Beaver has said. Um, you know, I'll I'll go back to it once again though, Beef. Uh, I you could. have... If somebody had laid odds on what you were going to say, you know, and I know you're a big man, you're a big man, but you were a 10. I didn't think I'd ever hear a 10 suggest that they should bring back rucking and allow punching.
4: Mate, 10's life is determined, his happiness in the game of rugby is determined by ruck speed. And if he's got ruck speed, he's the happiest man in the world. So it's a flow and effect, mate. You know, talk about process. I know it's a boring word. I don't want to bring back processes because there's enough words about processes in sport these days. Yeah. But uh, the process of getting quick ruck ball. I'm all about so, rugby, rugby. Make it quick, make it quick. I, I don't, I don't think you can bring it back because I don't think it's ever gone. I haven't been to a, a cricket match live recently enough, but the 2015 are those glowing, are those glowing bales a permanent fixture these days? Because mm. my word, they added something to cricket? They did. They surely are. They yeah, are, aren't
1: they? They are. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I, I think the Big Bash was the first place we saw them. I think. Uh, and, and I, yeah, I think it's great because from a, uh, a Spectator point of view. I mean, you know, it just makes everything so much clearer when you know. Oh. you either sit in the stands or sitting at home. I remember being
4: side on. We we're in the uh, the old terraces of Eden Park. There's no such thing as real terraces these days, but mm. where the old terraces used to be for that two fifteen game against Aussie, when it was about one hundred and twenty players, one hundred and eighteen, and side on, and obviously when the quickies are bowling, you can't see a thing. Um, maybe a few beers under about two, which didn't help. <laughs> But the glow of those bales, is <laughs> the first time I've been live and seen it. It was something special in Bolte and were ripping through the Aussies, but then... Obviously, they return serve pretty quickly, um, but uh, yeah, those bales—that's something that obviously hasn't gone away. But
1: uh, wonderful addition, yeah, wonderful addition. So there you go. That is our can't wait question of the day. Let us know double eight double three double eight double three is the temper bed post text machine. Now uh, get those in, or you can call us on the Kenner Ty phone line 0800150811. You are listening to Izzy and Kippy for Breakfast with Beave and Ricardo. Thanks to the Chemist Warehouse, great savings every day. It's 6.25 here on Izzy uh, and for Breakfast with Beave and Ricardo. You can call us anytime on the Ken Hire phone line. That is 0800 150 811. You can visit kenartshire.co.nz as well because Ken Hire is hiring big. Or you can get us uh, through your thoughts on the Temper Bed Post text machine 8833. And we've got a couple of texts through, Beef. Yeah, absolutely.
4: Well, I'll tell you what, I'm, I shouldn't move to breakfast because I've never had someone. 100% agree with me. And that's what Paul's done. Yeah. Uh, big big fan of bringing back the rucking. Uh, so that's great from, great to hear from you, Paul. And a bit of history there for us too. On, uh, on of course, your Welsh mate wanting to bring back the beautiful Adidas black tip level ball uh, from Ricky. Remember Gary Sear kicking that long-range penalty against France in 77? I think with one of those balls. Incidentally, Sear was the last all-black forward to kick a penalty in a test match.
1: Wow, that is a great stat.
4: Wonderful stat. Wonderful. Seventy-seven. I'd have thought there would have been a Ford since then, but yeah. well, yes, we've, <coughs> we haven't been blessed with too many Johnny Eels, have we?
1: No, I was going. I was going to say of all the Fords that we've had since nineteen seventy-seven, who is most likely to have kicked a penalty? Williams. Oh, really? Was, <laughs> okay. All right. I was going to say Zinzan Brook, but okay. Of, of
4: course, yes, yes. Well, Zinzan didn't Zinzel went unbedded, didn't He drop a kick from 40 out in a World Cup semi-final. <laughs> yeah, just because he can. Oh, Mate, that is out. That was outstanding. Oh, one of the sweetest things you've ever seen. Never looked like missing. Not that I was there or behind the post at all. But uh, <laughs> <from> <laughs> when you watch it on TV, it just looked like the sweetest thing he would either hit. Oh, I, remember, I think that was at Newlands, wasn't it? Mm. Was that Newlands, which means it wasn't it. it wasn't it the altitude? No. No. So it's even more impressive.
1: Yeah, exactly. Oh, he did a lot of impressive stuff to then, one And I think one of the ones that I remember, it might have even been the same match, was definitely at that World Cup, where was, he, he got the ball, was broken field, sort of broken field play. And he got the ball, and he looked out to the wing, and he literally one-handed like an American quarterback and threw it probably about 30 yards across the field.
4: Yeah, no, one of one of the most gifted forwards you ever was to see, my other uh, suggestion of who would have kicked a penalty mm. in Artie Williams, didn't he in the Aussie World Cup, what was that, 03, he put a cross kick into Dougie Howlett off a tap kick, didn't he? Yes. And uh, And they scored off that, yes. which uh, which would have raised eyebrows had it not worked out. But, uh, <laughs> Might have been some Aussie.
1: conversations. There would have been some conversations, but it worked, so... Ali was Ali was the hero here. Yeah, i tell you what. I mean, if you show those kind of skills uh, with, the, with the ball and that they were working. I mean, who knows? John, John Mitchell might have played him at centre. He was always he was, he was looking to invent a centre, wasn't he? <laughs> oh, is it too soon? I think it's too soon. <laughs> it's too, still too soon. Still too soon. <laughs> but keep your texts coming through. What would you bring back? That has been our, our can't wait question um, of the day from yesteryear. What's something you'd bring back into sports? You know what I reckon would make... It's a, it's a great spectacle already and it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger but the darts at the Alley Pally I reckon bringing back those guys on the beers bringing back those guys on the beers would make that even more of a spectacle <sighs> oh, are they not? I, I presume they were no, no apparently not apparently they're all on the waters mate, or they, 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 they're, they're sort of keeping yeah. hydrated too much professionalism
4: isn't there <laughs> it's, a, no, it's <laughs> there is such a thing it's got too mainstream. It needs it needs to get back to being a bit niche. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, look, at, no one's no yeah. one's uh, no one's getting. I guess uh, the ball pulled over your eyes as far as what sort of athletes they are. Yeah. Um, they are they are men who drink diesel while they're playing darts. I'd have thought. Oh, yeah. um, so let's let's just get out in the open.
1: Yeah, and there's always that thing too. Isn't there beef? I don't know if you've had this, but I've had it when playing pool or playing darts. Is there Going from from no beers, yes, yes, you get better at about four yes. beers, and you're yep. in the zone. But if you go to five beers, you so you start going backwards again.
4: There certainly is a real sweet spot. I never know which one it is. Yeah, but um, I'm a terrible pool player. But there is a sweet spot when it comes to uh, consumption.
1: Yeah, there is. There is even We're,
4: golf actually. Oh, really?
1: You c- you can a hole it with grins? Uh
4: yeah, yes. But then you get to a certain point, and uh, the wheels fall off again. But I've had many a uh, a Thursday haggle where I've been off on that front nine, and then things have kicked in by the back nine, and you score better in the back nine. I don't know mm. if it's the easier nine or not, but um, yeah, there's certainly something in that too. Yeah, you just you're in the zone by then. You just relax. <laughs> well, you've you've given up caring after you've seen that front nine <laughs> score.
1: Less pressure. It's all about the pressure. No pressure. Keep your text coming through on the timber bedpost text machine. Double eight, double three. temporary bedpost range of mattresses and adjustable bases adapt to the exact shape of your body, so you can put your head and feet up in comfort. What from yesteryear in sport, would you want to bring back? That is the can't wait question of the day. I tell you, who else can't wait? That's Araha. She's here with us with news for Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building New Zealand.
2: It is twenty-eight to seven here on SCNZ. Izzy and Kimbu for breakfast with Ricardo and Beeve. Izzy and Kimmy will be back next week. They're just apparently they're just getting um, ready to get up at four a.m. So apparently today they're getting up at six a.m. Then they'll move it back to five thirty and every half hour until four and we'll eventually see them on Monday. I, That's that, that's the talk around <laughs> the studio, at least. I like how Beav is still on holiday, and he's just like, nah, I'm gonna get up at 4am and I'm gonna come in and I'm gonna do the show. What a legend. But uh, we can't all be like Beeb, I guess. It's time for your Keynote's Hire. Sports update. Keynote's Hire is hiring big. Visit Nz. Uh
1: you a UFC fan? Ricardo Ball, oh yeah, love it. Love a bit of UFC, mate. Love a bit of UFC.
2: Did you see the news with um, Mangano leaving the UFC? He wasn't wasn't able to renew his contract. They mm. couldn't come to terms. But it means that we get to see John Jones finally fight for the heavyweight title against Cyril Gaines on March fourth in Las Vegas. That's going to be a good one.
1: Yeah, it's it's going to be great to see um, John Bones Jones back. I mean outside of the octagon. He's not the nicest bloke in the world. I think we've we've established that. But uh, I think there'll be a lot of people just wanting to see him get his beans against Cyril Garner.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I'd love for him to win it because I just want to see him fight heavyweights uh, in a heavyweight title fight, win it, and then never see him again because he's an awful person. But yeah. um, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and as Araha alluded to before, uh, Morkel is joining the White Foon's coaching, coaching group. Um, Mono Morkel will be helping with the... Uh, the bowling side of things, helping to provide some fast bowling um, advice and experience. He said the opportunity to join the White Ferns group and get involved in the women's game was a no-brainer for me, uh, as it's such a growth sport at the moment. And the New Zealand Cycle Classic.
1: Were you following this at all, um, Ricardo Ball? No, I, to, to be. Honest, I've got to say I wasn't. No, no. I wasn't. We, well, was this the one that happens down in Southland?
2: No, it's in Wellington, actually. Oh, um, well. It was. They were worried that the cyclone was going to rain it out and it was a bit tough early on. We were getting updates every day on Drive last week with Louie, but it uh, ended up getting some sunshine over the weekend and Black Spoke rider James Orum ended up winning it, which was a bit of a surprise because he wasn't even supposed to be racing it in the first place. <laughs> the only reason why he was in there because someone got COVID last minute. so. Good on. Okay, I thought you were going to say he just went out for a
1: ride one morning and, and just joined the peloton. We were like, well, what's going on here? He, 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 he might as well, Ricardo.
2: But uh, it's a great, a great one for the 29-year-old who's been close in uh, these kind of um, ta- I think, it's, uh, tournaments before. Sorry, not tournament. What's it called? Series? Series,
5: know. yeah. I'm, I'm he's, not a cyclist. He's an, Aura.
1: He's, he's an Any relation to Jacob? Do we know? Is he in Orem? I don't think so. No. no.
2: Kenatari okay. right. is hiring big. There's a rules of an available right now. Visit Kenatari.co.nz. Those are your headlines. Ricardo?
1: Yeah, there you go. Uh, thanks very much, Joe. He'll be back with headlines for us again. At uh, 7.30, uh, the North London derby, Arsenal versus Spurs is on at the moment too. He just uh, kicked off the second half. Arsenal lead that one by two goals to nil at the moment. We'll keep you up to date with that score. Uh, as the match goes on, uh, B, we've had a few more texts through as well and uh, it's, it seems like like Paul, maybe he's just missed drive altogether. He's only just discovered that you're on the station because he's a uh, he's texted back saying he's in Moolooland.
4: Oh, oh, bless him! Uh, no better part of the world to be in, is there, Paul? Um, I don't know what. I, yeah, I think. Except seat Matarangi. Ex- well, right now, well, <laughs> it hasn't been over the last couple of weeks, I tell you. But yeah. uh, no, um, geez you got to get on you got to get onto a run home, uh, Paul. If uh, you like what you're hearing so far. Uh but darts Ken reckons well I, I, don't, I believe Ken. Uh the darts get fined mm. if they uh
1: if they bring alcohol into the events. So there you go, so the players can't drink at the events, otherwise you get a fine. Is that is that kind of do they do they consider maybe we're on something here, but maybe they consider it like performance enhancing. If they have four bears they're 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 more in the zone. Well there are other um substances that are banned in some sports because of that reason.
4: Mm. Um as far as some sports relaxing them, I actually think that's might be one of them. Um, and another one from Simon here, and yes, this is always going to come in, uh, bring back the Biff, State of Origin.
1: Yeah, and that sort of ties in a bit to what you were saying, right, about the, uh, you know, you said if, if you're going to bring anything back, you're going to bring back rucking, and if you're going to bring anything else back, you're going to bring back punching. Um, yes. And I, I'm with you on that one. Because, From someone who doesn't either. No. Who's um. <laughs> <laughs> somebody who just wants, now I'm retired, I can sit, sit back and watch it, and watch everybody else do it. Yes. Uh, um, but, you know, because I, I, I find that in rugby league, is since I've brought in that you get 10 in the bin for punching. Um, there are a lot of... Are little blokes who just chip, 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 chip. and you know, like front to to dudes twice their size, and you think, mate, I, I just wish that guy would clip you oh yeah and it's in
4: both its in both rugby and rugby league where you get little wingers coming in and, and mouthing off and, and pushing and shoving you're like mate seriously what are you up to if, if that guy snaps <laughs> you're going to wear it pretty badly here Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and some days you do wish they just snapped you just mm. wish some of these big men were like nah I'm not taking this and just put a couple and just to put a bit of fear like yeah he might take a six week band mm. but for the rest of his days he's going to be known as a guy that might just throw them you've just got to have that little <laughs> A bit of fear, I reckon, <laughs> uh, so maybe at the start of Super Rugby we give every every franchise uh, a yeah. letter yeah. and say, this guy's allowed to snap once and we're not going to throw the book at him. Right. So, just to clean up that side of the game. I like um, yeah, I mean, yeah. you're obviously in the studio, so if you just want to put this idea under the door down yeah. there at New Zealand Rugby. I will, um, I'll write a note. Yeah, just, we'll call it the uh, the get out of jail once card for your enforcer. Yeah, yeah. Um, the beaver claws. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. So, when any young sprightly back comes and starts playing push and shove, <laughs> uh, you're allowed to go bang bang and just send a message.
1: Yeah. If you, now you are a very much a died chief's man, yes. um, if you were going to pick one man out of the chief squad to be that person for you, who would it be? Oof, I think Brody Retallick would want it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, actually, it's probably the obvious one, isn't he?
4: Yeah. Some of those pro, some of those boys up front though, um, yeah, you probably get to Brody just from pure, or, or do you just leave? Do most people think that Brody's got a snap in him, so you just you don't actually use him, but you waste it on him, and, and maybe. And maybe give it to a Tupo Vi or, or someone like that. He's the red
1: herring. He's the red <laughs> <Yeah>. herring snapper. <laughs> if that makes sense. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Keep your ideas coming through. What should we bring back? That is our can't wait question of the day. What should we bring back from Easter year into sport today? Give us a call now, though. 0800 150 811. 0800 150 811. Uh, that is the Ken Tire phone line. It is time for Quizzy Beef. We have a $50 TAB bonus bet up for grabs. We'll do that next. Give us a call. 0800 150 living
6: this is how you do it quizzy
2: that
0: come play it this is how we do it quizzy that come play it quizzes on the line just one at a time don't google a lie phone a friend you'll be fine just listen for the signs be with the prize 50 bucks if you're wise. If you're wrong and then we'll say goodbye. This is how we do it. This is how we do it. Quizzy, there, come play it. Quizzy, there, come play it. 0800-150-811. Now give us a call.
1: All right, B, Aya, That's gonna be sweet. the l- that's gonna be the longest intro to any oh. segment in radio. Hey, sweet,
4: sweet tunes. I think I've pretty much got the thing word for word now. Um, not that I'm going to sing it because you heard enough of Izzy <laughs> doing it there. But jeez, he's got beautiful, a beautiful soft voice, Izzy Dag. Uh, I apologise. I apologise now you're getting thrown this voice down the airwaves (laughs) at you, but uh, it is what it is. Uh, It's the holiday season still, and and Izzy's having a good holiday. We will rip straight in, and we have one of our favourites on the line, Brett. Brett, how are you, mate? Happy New
5: Year, brother. Yep, good, man.
4: You too. Not to
3: be rude, but I'll be... uh Tuning out soon to uh, watch the run home by Grins Miami Dolphins uh, in the playoffs.
4: <laughs> we, well, yeah, but the run home by Grins uh, Miami Dolphins having a real up and down year, but uh, no issues. I know you've probably got some money on them, so uh, fair enough.
5: If, uh, if you watched yesterday afternoon's game, Fever, you have to believe uh, watching the Jaguars uh, beat the Chargers
3: <laughs> yesterday. You have to yeah. believe.
4: <laughs> Absolutely mate. Well, I believe in you, Brett, and there could be fifty dollars coming your way from our mates at the TAB here on Quizzy Dag with Quizzy Beeve and Ricardo this morning. Of course, Ricardo will be your phone friend option. Or is it Joe? I don't know who's putting their hand up for that, but uh we'll get to that if need be. First question, who will captain the black caps in the T twenty series against India?
7: Tom Levin? Ooh. No
4: No And he plays I don't want to give a clue Because he actually Plays for your district too Brett But uh, We'll have to move on there Plays and misses Brett does Simon are you there mate How are you
8: Good thanks
4: Tell me Who will captain the Black Caps In the T20 series Against India mate I'm going to have to
6: have a
1: Oh, can I get a clue on that? Yeah, you can. Yeah, well, he, he uh, Britz and Huntley and Beef said he plays for his team, so it he, represent ND. ND. Um, I'll try Mitch Shatner.
8: I haven't
1: heard. <laughs> well done. Well, we, well
4: done. We're up and running now.
1: Bought himself bought just him. enough time for the
4: old <laughs> Google. <laughs> but, um, hey. I just
2: had a
4: Specifically mentioned in that song too from Israel Dag but uh, that's not allowed uh for Ricardo. Uh question two here the Australian Open is underway. Well it's under open, underway today, isn't it? Who is the defending men's champion? Um, Simon, Simon you there. Three yeah, mate. Two the, the defending men's champion.
1: Was it
4: Rafa? It is Rafa. It is Rafa. <laughs> right in the, the nick of time with Simon here on Quizzy Dag. Question three in this much, much anticipated quiz on a Monday morning. Who was the women's reigning champion at the Australian Open? Is it Igor Swiatek? No, it is not Swiatek. Ed's on the line. Ed,
0: how are ya?
5: Hey man, oh boy, I got hammered on that grim stuff on the. the Pro, man! Oh, but I know the answer, bro, that's Ash Party, isn't
4: it? It is Ash Party, mate, it is Ash Party. Oh,
5: Beaver, the grim it, stuff,
6: oh, wicked!
4: Well, I can catch ya. It can catch you. Obviously, uh, oh, we never promote drink to excess. Used to it, mate. <laughs> no, you got to get tuned for it. So just just drink it more regularly, uh, Ed, and uh, it won't, it won't yeah, smack uh, ya.
1: Enjoy in moderation, Ed.
5: To to, I'd to go to three countdowns to find our uh, three stores to find uh, find the box. I was getting, it was all
4: where I was. What? Oof, well, I need to sort out that area. Uh, but uh, great, you got a hold of it, and great you got Ash Barty. Of course, Ash Barty will not be. Defending her uh, title, uh, the Great Australian. But anyway, question four. We are getting close to giving this 50 away now. Mm. Ricardo, which Super Smash women's team have just recorded their 17th victory in a row? Uh, Wellington. Wellington, what a record. Mm. What a record. Seven in
1: a row. In that form of cricket, too, Ricardo? Oh, no, it can be a bit of a lottery. And I mean, the team they just beat for 17 in a row was Otago, probably the other top women's team, you know, Susie Bates and that run around that team. So, no much. There you go.
4: Well, here we are. Ed, I'm just about to send that 50 to you. All you need to do, mate, is tell me what was the score between Brighton and Liverpool on the weekend? Was that 3 0?
5: 3-0
1: 3-0 to who, Ed? Sure was, eh, it sure was, eh, It sure was. 3-0 to Ed. 3-0 uh, to who, Ed? To Brighton. Yes, that's what we wanted to hear. Where's,
5: well. got, where's, my, where's my mate Captain K? <laughs> <laughs> Captain
1: K is on strike. I think he's, he's he's he doesn't want to talk about football at the moment, Captain K. He's, he's mate, right. It's, it's I'll, avoiding I'll, me like the plague. I'll,
5: I want Liverpool to win their FA Cup final game anyway.
1: I, think, I, I, I don't know why you'd say something, <laughs> something horrible like that, Ed.
2: Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know why, because they're they so favourite side, them.
1: Fair enough. So long as you got money riding, I, I fully understand that, Ed. Well done, mate. Congratulations. Oh, yeah, yeah. $50 you, mate. TAB uh, bonus bet. All yours.
7: Cheers, fellas. Thank you very much. Cheers, Ed. Cheers. Thanks,
1: Ed. Uh, go well, Ed. Uh, there you go. Ed is uh, all done. Quizzy, Beeves. Did you enjoy that, Beef? I loved it. Hey, just while we are on the football desk, mm-hmm. uh,
4: Wrexham. My, I mean, from Wrexham, mm. um, they had. A big if, well,
1: of course, I've, <laughs> yeah. I've watched the first series. <laughs> yeah. They had a massive FA Cup result, didn't they? Oh, they had a huge FA Cup result against Coventry, so that's great for them. And they've drawn, I think, Sheffield United in the next round at Wrexham, so that's oh. more money because that'll be a TV game probably, and you know you'll probably. I think they average about 16,000 through the gate every game. but They'll probably get 20 for that game, you'd think, oh, you know. Wrexham, Wrexham looks a tough place to go and get the points. Let no, me tell you. Be. It would be. I tell, you, I tell you it would be, mate. I tell you it would be. We'll talk more Football Desk with B. We'll get a Wrexham update for him <laughs> later on in the show. It is eight away from seven. It's three away from seven o'clock here on Izzy and Kempi for Breakfast with Ricardo and Beeb. And our can't wait question of the day has been what would you bring back from yesteryear in sport after uh, you know James Trafford talked about uh, bringing back the old Adidas black-tipped rugby ball, beef, But you've got a spin on this.
4: Yeah, well, I obviously love the black-tipped Adidas rugby ball he's referring to. Never actually had to play with it on a greasy night in Hamilton, which uh, I probably wouldn't have loved. But for me, I was bigger on bring back rucking. Yes. Um, I, you were surprised by that But no, as a first five Whose life is a whole lot easier When you get quick <laughs> ruck ball yeah. I would have thought uh, That's an avenue we have to go down to speed the ruck ball up So I was big on rucking And the other thing I was big on Ricardo is um, And this isn't going to sit well with um, I guess Mum's down the road trying to work out what young Tommy's going to play mm. in winter this year. But punching. Um, maybe just at a professional level. Uh, we don't need to see the 10-year-old's doing. it. <laughs> but at a professional level, because, and, and I'm not some sort of thug. I certainly don't uh, like receiving or throwing them myself. I run away from it. Um, but the thought of wingers and that being able to come in, push and shove, go off, um, to big tough forwards um, when there's a break in play. It's just a sickening thing to see. So I just thought if we could bring that back, mm. um, the fear factor would be back. And suddenly when someone comes charging in, dripping wet at 90kg, thinking that they can push and shove around a big type 5 member, um, bang, go back to your wing, um, or there's the, there's the stretcher get off. Um, I just think that would clean up the game too, Ricardo.
1: Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think I would clean up the grant game. I I, I just uh, I just remember um, was it Dylan uh, not Dylan Edwards? Who was the? Um, he's just signed for the Warriors actually. Yes, uh, yes, yeah. exactly who it was. Yeah, 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 yeah. Always the king of the chip, eh? The king of yep. the chip. And I'm trying to remember, was it someone like Cameron Munster? Um, Curtis or, Scott. It was Curtis Scott. There you go. You've got a yep. better memory for these things than I have. Uh, yep. You obviously didn't get punched in the head enough as a kid. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're remembering all this stuff. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I remember him um, laying Dylan Walker out, wasn't it? Dylan Walker. He laid, he laid Dylan Walker out um, yes. after a bunch of a, a bunch of chip. And Dylan Walker, what I like best about that is he put a post up like a day or two later, with the damage around his eyes and it was just like no fair play to you after what I said deserved that saw it coming (laughs) saw it coming well maybe he didn't maybe (laughs) Maybe he didn't yeah yeah indeed this is Beaver Ricardo for breakfast in for Izzy and Kempe after 7 o'clock Alistair Hunt is going to join us and we're going to talk Davis Cup Tennis and the Australian Open It is four past seven here on SENZ. It is Beave and Ricardo with you in for Izzy and Kempi. And... uh, um Dating the score from the North London Derby. Still 2-0 to Arsenal over Spurs. 15 minutes left in that one. Coming up this hour, Alistair Hunt is going to join us. uh, Former New Zealand Davis Cup captain, professional tennis player as well. We're going to talk Davis Cup, talk Australian Open uh, with him as well. Joe's going to have some headlines for us too. Update us on a bunch of things after 7.30. And uh, we're going to talk... Some NFL as well with JP Acosta from SB Nation before eight o'clock with the uh, World Cup playoffs currently on at the moment uh, just getting underway. Beavers uh, Miami Dolphins uh, is that Grin sponsorship official yet, Pete?
4: Yeah, I think um, it's, it's 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 a collab between the Run Home and Grins. Uh, we we signed up to be Miami Dolphins number one supporters. Mm. They didn't know it. We we. Talked to one of our gurus out of the states and said, "Who should we get on for a bit of a, you know, a bit of a ride this year?" Yeah. And uh, right at the start, they they tipped out the Miami Dolphins. As a, and as a massive fan of the. Series of movies out of the Ace Ventura world. Um, <laughs> yes. I was I was on Hookline and Sinker uh, to be a part of that Dolphins bandwagon.
1: Well, I mean, I remember that that Dolphins team. Uh, I'm I mean, I'm a slightly older vintage than you, Beef, but I remember. You know, it was very much Dan Marino and Joe Montana, right? They were that. They were the same sort of vintage, and those guys were, was always head to head. But who was the best quarterback?
4: Well Dan Marino was obviously a bit of a star of the Ace Ventura mm. movies himself so I know exactly who you mean Yeah, there
1: you go, there you go Now we are going to talk tennis I don't know if he's got much input for us on the uh, on the NFL and all the Miami Dolphins Alistair Hunt joins us uh, Good morning Alistair
7: Good morning, how are you? Yeah, good, good uh, Do you have a team in the NFL? No, not really No, I'm uh, a bit more of a rugby head I guess than, than the NFL but uh, that's the way it is Mate, well, who's, who's your team? Who's your, who, who's your super team then? Uh, oh, just Crusaders, mate. You know, being, a, <laughs> being a Canterbury schoolboy, uh, but moving down south to Wanaka, it's not too popular to say that down here either, so <laughs> I've got to be careful how many people you say. You get a little tongue up at the local if you say that too much.
1: <laughs> Fair enough, too. Fair enough, too, mate. the How's Christmas and New Year's been in the Hunt household, mate? What do you guys get up to over
7: this time of year? Uh, I was lucky enough to get another knee surgery uh just before Christmas, so I've got a pretty uh unsy- unsympathetic wife who sort of thinks I should have been up running around pretty quickly, but uh that wasn't the case, so now I've sort of just been you know had the foot up and and just wringing the ringing the maids bell, which never goes down too well when you're just asking for another sort of croissant or beer, is it, over Christmas, so, yeah, I got thrown the crutches a few times and just told to get on with life. Oh, but it's, uh, well, I guess uh, the one
4: positive is you had the ASP Classic to, to get you through your time on the couch when you weren't dodging your own crutches. Uh, what did you make of uh, this year's edition?
7: No, it's great. great to see it up and going again, wasn't it? And great, you know, yeah. I mean, it's a fantastic event and, and good to get back off the ground. But, you know, I just felt so sorry for them with the weather. And, mm. you know, obviously, you know, there's a lot of people sort of travelled around the country to sort of try and see it. And just to, to see the disaster of the weather is just such a shame for them. But, look, they got it done. And I think, you know, there was some great tennis there at the end of the day. and And great to see our young guys, you know, Trying to get up and going again and get some opportunities against some, you know, obviously top international uh, quality.
1: Yeah, we saw, of course, the final that uh, Richard Gasquet. He kind of he he upset the old fairy tale finish for Cam Norrie, didn't he? Um, but good to see Gasquet playing some good tennis too at the stage of his career.
7: Yeah, you know, I mean, he's probably nearly in the free swing. You know, I think he's probably in the later years, obviously, and he's out here just trying to get ready for Oz and. I'd say every match, you know, I don't know how far away he'd be from retirement, but, you know, it's tough when you play a guy who's obviously been that good and he's that talented and you can sort of see, like in his matches, especially in the later stages of that tournament, he he nearly just sort of cuts loose and just plays and whatever happens happens and he's so dangerous that it's, you know, it's a bit tough on the other guys if you've got a guy who's really got no fear and just wants to play.
1: Yeah, I mean that's the thing. And Cam Norrie would've had uh, he would have had the home the home crowd support, obviously having been born and bred here, although he, he represents Great Britain.
7: Yeah, I mean brilliant that he came back and yeah, you know, he's obviously doing a fair bit of stuff around the traps with the local sort of juniors and trying to keep promoting tennis and you know, look he had a long time here and a lot of people put time and, you know, effort, money into him. So, you know, brilliant that he's come back and, and trying to repay the favour sort of side of it and yeah, you know, I felt so sorry. From you know losing that, like I think he'd be pretty disappointed. He was obviously in a pretty commanding position, and the third there, three love up, and couldn't get across the line. I think he'd be pretty disappointed with that, and be nice for him to sort of nearly win that home tournament as such. But obviously, he, Cam
4: Norrie and Gasquet will be off to Aussie now, and uh, and Cam Norrie obviously be favoured to get through plenty of rounds there. Who would you who would you seize? The, your, your smart money's on for the, for the Aussie Open title. Is it, is it Djokovic uh, now allowed back in the country? Is he, uh, is he your hot favourite?
7: Oh, I don't know. A lot of guys are talking about that Taylor Fritz, actually. Mm. Uh, you know, that cup they had in Australia there, he seemed to be playing pretty well, even though, you know, I mean, Cam actually got him over there, and but was such a high-quality match. Uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting, isn't it? I mean, Djokovic really probably... So keen to get across the line and, you know, beating Nadal with these slams, and he'd be trying to find a way, you know, somewhere in the off season to try and improve and sort of step up. You know, you've obviously got Rudd coming through these these young guys and that runer as well is obviously pretty dangerous. So, you yeah, know, there is a really good crop, I think, of these young guys which which are starting to catch up these the older fellas. But it's um, is is pretty tough to go past Djokovic, isn't it? I guess when the pressure comes on, but we'll uh, we'll see.
1: Yeah, we'll see. Because, uh, I mean, you know, Rafa Nadal's a defending champion. There, We've got no Roger anymore. Everybody's, you know, sort of getting old and we we're, and we're, we continue to wait for them to, to all fall over and that new generation to take over. But it hasn't quite happened just yet. We're starting to see some signs, mate. But, uh, uh, of course, uh, we've got Nick Kyrgios um, over there as well as a bit of a wild card, isn't he? I mean, on his day, he's capable of beating anyone.
7: Yeah, yeah. I mean, if he kicks off it, you know, anything's possible, isn't it? <laughs> Including, you know, someone getting off. killed in the crowd or something like that. You know, I, might, I might send my wife over to deal with them. She might settle them down anyway. But, um, it's, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, look. Yeah, for tennis it would actually be so cool if he could just if he could go through and win something like that and just uh you know, maybe not abuse too many people in the stand and, and smash sort of too many rackets, but it probably keeps the racket company in production anyway, but um it's it's just that side, isn't it? Like he is so talented and yeah, I just started watching that Netflix thing actually where um you know, that break point, this tennis one that's on and it's interesting, sort of, the way he goes. He just he seems a nice fella off court, but then once the, the switch flicks, he, he's really just got no filter. So, um, yeah, it's an interesting one, but it'll be, it'll, you know, I think if he cuts loose over there and goes well, it'll be pretty cool to watch.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, view'd you'd, you'd know this. Uh, it's something in football that uh, is known as white line fever. Uh, Alistair, we know plenty of guys who are the nicest blokes in the world off the court, you get them on a football field and it's it's a change of personality I mean, have you you ever had to uh, encounter anybody like a Kyrgios in in tennis in your time?
7: Yeah, there's a few guys around who sort of get it and it's look, it's always a tough one because you go out and you obviously get, you know you have a bit of niggle on court and then uh, you sort of walk off and everyone thinks it's happy campers a little bit and it's it's never normally the way is it so it's it's a tough one but (laughs) You know, I probably wasn't the nicest guy on court at some stages either. You sort of do what you need to do to try and have a win and then pretend you're sort of all right. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's tough. Look, he, with Kyrgios, he tries to do a, yeah, you know, obviously very family-orientated guy. I think he does a fair bit around his foundation, trying to help, you know, a lot of kids, etc. cetera. So it's, it's just bizarre. You sort of look at it and think, mate, if you could win a few slams, you know, imagine how much money you'd have to help sort of more people. But... It's, uh yeah, it's a tough one, isn't it? People sort of deciding whether they either sort of love them or hate them, I guess. But, uh, yeah, that's that's the way of the world.
1: Who's, who's the curious of the Chiefs, Beef.
4: <laughs> yeah, there's no such bad people <laughs> like that running right uh, hey, around. few down in the Alice's Crusaders team, but uh, no, no, none of those in the Chiefs, mate. <laughs> hey, mate, uh, a bit closer to home, obviously, Davis Cup, bringing back uh, Ruben Stephen. What do you, What do you make of that?
7: No, that's great look rub's obviously you know a fantastic uh trooper for davis cup and been around a long time on the team and and good to have him back and I think you know there's obviously just uh a few disagreements around sort of contracts and things like that and that that's life i think it just happens and you know all sports at the end of the day and and that's what it is so look it's great that they've they've sorted it out and it's it's fantastic that the tie actually back in Christchurch I think it's yeah you know, it's one of the, the premium places to play davis cup and there's been some huge ties there over the years so yeah i was, I was stoked when i heard that it was back in Christchurch so i think um you know the, the cantabrians will put on a, a good event and they'll support it as well so you know they always get in behind their tennis and you know i'm looking forward to see how the boys go
1: yeah, it's an interesting one. I actually was going to ask you about this, mate. I mean, having Ruben back uh, to lead the team is is fantastic. Um, and but you, you kind of you listen to what he has said in, uh, this time around and in the past, and you look at guys like Cam Norrie and, and, and Ben McLaughlin, you wonder how uh, what sort of state you know we'd be in at Davis Cup level maybe if there had been a few different decisions made at the at the top end.
7: Yeah. Yeah, you know, when I was sort of in there as captain, you know, there was a few sort of head-scratching decisions made at the top and stuff. And it's just, I definitely think there are better ways to, to handle, you know, some of these contract negotiations. And, uh, you know, if everyone sort of knows where they stand earlier, you know, in the piece, maybe set these guys up for longer contracts as such, then, you know, I think it takes out the the tie-by-tie uh, problems, which I think they're having you know, it's pretty hard to negotiate uh, when you need a guy and, and you're trying to sign him up for it, and he wants a little bit more than then maybe they're prepared to pay, and it just it doesn't really help. I think anyone when the the discussions get to the situations they obviously did with the last tie, mm. but hopefully you know Kelly can maybe get involved a little bit more and and sign these guys up, you know, I think they should sort of be signed for the year or a couple of years and, and see how they go, not just tie-by-tie, tie, but that's, you know, that's just my sort of uh, thoughts on it. But hopefully they can get it all sorted. And and with Ruben, you know, leading the ties, sort of one guy that, you know, he can step up and he's proved himself in the past. So, you know, with Davis Cup, it's just an opportunity for, for guys to sort of play above their station a little bit. And, uh, you know, because it's just one match on the day, and you can step up and try and play as well as you can. Obviously, there's a fair bit of pressure there for, for everyone when you're representing your country and you're under the microscope. So it's, it's just a great opportunity to try and step up and uh, and get a good result.
1: Now, we've got um, a bit of depth coming through at the moment. It looks like you know Ajit Rai, obviously, uh, KP Panu as well, and then you've got uh, the doubles players in Venus and Sitak. Uh, how do you think we're placed, uh, you know, sort of looking down the road for the next five, ten years with depth uh, and guys coming through? And, and what do we have to uh, worry about with Bulgaria?
7: Well, Bulgaria's got a couple of guys that have, well, obviously, they've got their top guy, off, but he hasn't played, uh, you know, in a few years. So I'm not sure if he'll turn up. Uh, they've got another couple of guys which are top 200 at the moment, so they're obviously playing a reasonable tennis. Uh, for our guys I think it's it's just about the situation of on the day and under the microscope, can they deal with that pressure and can they play above their, you know, level a little bit for that day at that time and that's what it sort of comes down to. And for our guys it's obviously trying to get a bit more experience, things like the ASB and getting the exposure and being out in front of the crowds and playing better guys obviously helps and the more they can get that the more benefit it's gonna it's gonna be for, for obviously them and us as a country. Uh, there are some good young guys coming through and obviously Ajit had a good win at uh, ASB which is fantastic for everyone and KP got a great opportunity out there with the wildcard, probably got a little bit of work to do you know like he said himself he was you know, he was blowing out there and pretty tired and legs and that sort of side of it so that's obviously a little bit of nerves and anxiety and things like that which um, hopefully someone explained to him what happened before he sort of went out but but that's life and a big learning curve for them. But I see that they're carrying a, a few other young guys as well, the greater training squad. So, look, it's all just experience in the environment, and the more and more they can blood in and get these guys settled and comfortable in that that arena, then I think it's uh, obviously just going to be a benefit for everyone.
1: Yeah, good stuff, Alistair. Listen, mate, thanks very much for coming on this morning. Uh, hope the knee rehab's going well. Yeah. Is, it work, is your oh, knee working good, as well yeah, as your
7: elbow at the moment? Is it? Um, oh, no, elbow's been working pretty well, actually. Yeah, maybe if I lost the 10 kilos I've put on in the last three weeks, then uh, the knee might be better. But anyway, yeah, well, good I'm, luck- su- I'm sure the wife will have me working pretty hard, so that 10 kilos will come off uh, pretty quickly.
1: Yeah, no time whatsoever, mate. Good stuff. Thanks for coming on, mate. Go well. <laughs> Thanks, James. Take it easy. Yeah, you too, mate. Alistair Hunt there with us, former New Zealand Davis Cup captain, uh, talking Davis Cup, the ASB Classic and the Aussie Open as well be.
4: Sorry, I just actually turned my mic off mm. when the, uh, that shower just uh, passed through so you didn't have the clatter. But, uh, no, I mean, we're talking about things earlier on the show that we'd like to bring back. Well, mm. geez, well, Alistair Hunt's big partner in Davis Cup when his era mm. was Brett Stephen, and, uh, and obviously... At this time of year, um, you could always rely on Brett Stevens to have a few gallant rounds through the Aussie Open, yeah. And uh, and I think maybe maybe got a quarter final at one point. I know certainly last sixteen at, at the Aussie Open. I remember watching him late at night and uh, being on one of the centre courts there. So. Geez, you, you wouldn't mind bringing that back right now, wouldn't you, you to have a Kiwi. I know we've got Cam Norrie, but, geez, until he changes that little flag beside his name again, <laughs> um, we can't quite claim him as, as we'd love to. But, uh, yeah, that's all I... When we were talking to Brett, uh, Alistair Hunt, yeah, I was thinking about his, obviously, his Davis Cup partner in crime and, and Brett Stephen, and uh, the runs he used to have at the Aussie <laughs> Open were... Uh, you knew he was never going to win it, obviously there was going to be a Sampras or a Currier or someone in, yeah. in the way at points, but he was always going to go go quite good at the Aussie Open, so uh, yeah, wouldn't it be nice to have a Kiwi, a genuine someone representing us uh, making a few few runs deep into the Aussie Open one day?
1: Oh, mate, how good would that be? I mean, I'm trying to remember, you see, Brett Stephen was there and I think... Um we had um Belinda will make a quarter final of the Aussie Open as well at one point back in the early nineties. And then you go back to probably the the most famous one, old Chris Lewis getting to the Wimbledon final. I remember yes. getting up as a kid. I was about how old was I then? Probably ten or eleven, getting up and watching that in the uh in the early hours. Yeah, just would be it would be nice, wouldn't it, eh?
4: <laughs> I guess that's the sickening thing about this whole Nori thing, isn't it? Yeah. Obviously uh a clerical era uh, where we didn't, uh, <laughs> <laughs> where we decided that we didn't have enough
1: moolah to help him as a junior. Came back to haunt. Yeah, indeed, and Ben McLaughlin much the same as well. You know, two yeah. guys in the world top thirty. But there you go, there you go. Well, we'll have to uh, keep an eye on that, mate. Have you got anybody that you do follow? I mean, I was always a bit of an Agassi fan, so it didn't matter, you know, where he was from. I just used to enjoy watching him. I was, I was,
4: I was but, uh, see because Agassi, the Agassi Sampras, and obviously you, you scream Agassi and I scream Sampras, just yeah. personalities, um, appearance, and all the rest of it. So I was in, in that era. I was I was massive on the Sampras. Um, and and I guess once Sampras passed, well, didn't die, um, but um, stopped playing. Um, Thanks for the clarification. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got on, I got on the Federer bandwagon a bit, mm. um, but and now I've ju- I've left that, and, and now I'm just on the rougher bandwagon. Oh, so yeah. I will have to I will have to find another uh, horse to uh, join to at some point. Yeah, because was... because these guys are moving on. Every now and again, I think about getting on this curious carry on, yeah. and then he goes and does something which I just can't agree with. Um, I was on him for a bit there last year. I thought he'd really, I'd start to warm to him, and then he went in and abused our kiwi in the white um, Venus. Yeah, and the doubles there. I just, I just, it just didn't sit well for me, so I got back off that um, wagon.
1: Yeah. Um, but look, I'm open to. He'll win me over again, I'm sure. Beaver, Beaver is open to approaches. If you need, if you need <laughs> him on your bandwagon, he's open to approaches. I think that's what I'm picking up. at 7.22 here on Izzy and Kempe for breakfast with Beaver and Ricardo. Thanks to the Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. It's uh, 7.27. Beaver and Ricardo with you for Izzy and Kempe. And, uh, Beaver, a couple uh, texts uh, continue to come through. We we're talking about what you'd bring back from yesteryear of sports. And uh, had a couple of others that have uh, that have come through on double eight double three. Yeah, Brian.
4: Brian from Christchurch um, hasn't missed uh, on this one. Um, Brian from Christchurch would like, uh, gay boys. What should be brought back as a winning All Blacks coach? Cheers, Brian. That's from Brian. Well, first day back,
1: Ricardo, and we're into it. Yeah, uh, it's, it doesn't it never stops, mate. That's uh, that, that's 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 a big hit. That's that's a that's a Jerry Collins uh, shoulder charge, isn't it? Right there.
4: Yeah. Yeah, February can't come soon enough for some people. Um, Morena boys, bring back hitting quarterbacks. It has gone so soft. with guys breathing on the quarterbacks now—they get roughing up the passer penalties all day long. QB is now a protected species, which is um, BS, mm. uh, according to Joe. Take a shot like everyone else. could not agree more, Joe. Yeah. Um, again, it's got to be—you can't play. You can't play a contact sport in a dinner suit, can you? You've no. got to have, otherwise, yeah. There's got to be an aspect of bravery to play the game, doesn't there?
1: Yeah, and I think you got you got to be. There's got to be the same rule for everyone on the pitch, right? Yep. You know, 100%. so if you're if you're if you're a running back and you can get smashed, then you're a quarterback you can get smashed. That's just the way it is. They went, they went a little bit
4: that way there in the NRL there for a few years around the halfbacks. Mm. Like they went. There's a. I get the whole kicking thing. You, you shouldn't be able to attack people's uh, plant foot. Absolutely yep. not. Um, but there was a there was a big push here at one stage where. Um, halfbacks were were getting sort of protected even on their passing game. You couldn't smack them in the back, you know, just after they've passed, which is a part of going to the line. It's part of, again, contact sport. There's got to be an aspect of a bit of bravery. I mean, we all know that playmakers aren't as brave as the the men up front, Uh, not a smidgen, but uh, there's got to be an aspect that you know that at some point in time that you are going (laughs) to, have a physical confrontation or a physical contact, which is not going to be nice, and that's that's part of playing contact sports. So, couldn't agree more there, Joe. Yeah, um, this one, an interesting one from Kevin here, uh, Ricardo, that will be right up your alley. Bring back proper presentations in football, captain climbs the steps, lifts the trophy, followed by the rest of the team. Mm-hmm. I hate waiting for a stage to be built, then the medals, and then the cup, Kevin. Brilliant, yeah. <laughs>
1: well, I think he's referring to the old FA Cup and the old Wembley. Used to have yes. thirty nine steps. It was thirty nine steps to get to where they would present the t- the trophy. So you'd walk up these thirty nine steps to get the trophy at the end. And uh, and now they've rebuilt when they rebuilt Wembley, they didn't build the steps in. And now yes. that's why they do the the thing on the field with the stage. And what about the
4: World Cup? Is the World Cup always been on the field? Because geez, what a palaver that yeah. um, presentation was. Uh, we it had got worse, I think. Oh my goodness! Like I'm all for these awards for every Tom, Dick, and Harry, but do they need to be Sucking the air out of the World Cup final uh, moment. <laughs> no, they don't. They don't. You're <laughs> right. 100%. And Barpe could get his uh, whatever trophy he won sent to him. I'm pretty sure yes. he doesn't want to go yes. up on a stage and have a photo of two Argentinians at the end of the World Cup final. Yeah, 100% right,
1: mate. 100% right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And a young player of the year tournament? Yeah.
4: What's going on there? It's the World Cup. It's not under 21 <laughs>
1: competition. <laughs> We don't need to hold up the presentation for that either. Well, you know what it's like. You know what FIFA's like, mate. You know, if we can sell the sponsorship of that to Pepsi, then we're going to have that, well, whoever it happens to be, you know, we're going to have that trophy. Uh, now, oh, we do have to go to Joe because, Joe, you got a Choices Flooring Poll for us, mate. What's on the Choices Flooring Poll today?
2: I do, well both you boys have returned from a little holiday break And look, it's easy to be negative It's easy Mm. to say, I hate my life, I'm back at work I have to see Joe every day What is this, right? Joe never left Joe Joe never left, you know You can't be upset if you don't leave I love this, this is my home I, I don't even have a flat anymore, I just live here Okay, choices flooring poll time Choices flooring, New Year's carpet sale on now Boys, what is the best part about coming back to work? Now you're asking what what is positive about coming back to work. Well, it's there's an excuse not to mow the lawns. Sorry. Sorry, hun, I'm busy. I'm I'm doing work. I'm you know. Mm. I'm getting away from the kids. That's I mean, I know most people would like that. Uh not having to worry about the crappy weather yeah. or um seeing your workmate's terrible tan slash sunburn i had an awful one um i was so glad that the offices were empty because i would have been um roasted to death and i almost was in the sun um but boys what, what what do you think what's what's your favorite part about coming back to work
4: let's see a lot of those things you mentioned actually would be reverse for me um an excuse not to mow the lawns. I've heard my lawns at my house at the moment are uh, hay paddock stuff. Mm. So I'm actually not looking forward to coming back to work because I'm going to have to fit that in
1: at some point too. So you Buy a goat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hang on. You don't have to buy a goat. You are a goat, Beef. Oh,
4: oh. Great, great eating, aren't they, goats? <laughs> I, I do believe. Joe, just back to your sunburn issue. You obviously, you obviously don't bronze up once you get sunburn. You go back to your usual complexion.
2: Yeah, it's it's really painful. I, I don't bronze up at all. I, I just go straight back to white. I just burn for no good reason. We can talk more about this after the news if you want. I can go on a 10-minute tangent about how angry I am at my, at my skin color.
1: Put it this way, Beef. Um, if, if they were comparing sharks to to, uh, to Joe, uh, they'd be known as great tans, not great whites. <laughs> <laughs> the latest in news and sport for you right now with Araha. Thanks to Kubota. Together, we are building and shaping New Zealand.
2: 25 to 8 here on SCNZ. Listen to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast with Ricardo and Bev. Izzy and Kempi will be back tomorrow. Actually, I saw Kempi was messaging at uh, me at 6 a.m. this morning, so I don't know why Kempi isn't here. He's, uh, like I said before, he's, he's setting the alarm. I think he set up for 5.30, so he will be back next week um, for those. Well, he, he actually, you know what? Kempe doesn't sleep, so I don't think he does have an alarm at all. <laughs> <laughs> Time for a and Trade Sports Up trade. Uh, update at Bunnings Trade helping business is our trade as Araha alluded to New Zealand has won the Singapore League of the GP last night, their third win of the season it was an impressive comeback by the New Zealanders who started the regatta with a four point penalty after colliding with another boat during practice Um, but they were able to get uh, the win over Australia, how good, we love to see it and plenty of live sport on this morning Arsenal playing Tottenham, Arsenal getting up 2-0 to stay on the top of the table quite easily they've got a big lead over Manchester City and the NFL uh, playoffs are underway again this morning Buffalo Bills arguably the favourites go all the way uh, up 14-0 over the Dolphins in the first quarter Skylar Thompson is the quarterback for the Dolphins with two outs Uh, who is Skylar Thompson well, that's what everyone asks. When I, when I Google Skylar Thompson, the first articles that all come up is, who is Skylar Thompson? Which is not what you want to have from your quarterback uh, in the playoffs, <laughs> is it? You want someone a bit more experienced, not people asking, who the hell is this guy? Um, so I think the buffer is going to get the win there. That's just what he'd like. Uh, sports... Headlines, boys, with Bunning Trades. At Bunning Trades, we're here to make your job easier because helping business is our trade.
1: Well, there you go. Uh, 14-0, I can tell you. The Bills are up over the Dolphins. 14-0 at the moment uh, towards the end of the first quarter there, the Abib. So uh, the Bills get getting a good start. Now, they look at, I mean, to be fair, right through the season, they've looked one of the teams to beat.
4: Yeah, um, I mean, our poor quarterback. Um, you know, what a chance to announce yourself, though. There'll be no such articles if he can pull them out of this one.
1: Yeah, well, exactly. Got a bit of work to do. But, uh, yeah, three minutes left in the first quarter. There you go. And they are second and ten, the Dolphins, at the moment. Uh, and if you have the SENZ app, go to the app. And uh, if you're an NFL fan, there is the SEN Fanatic channel. And you can listen on the app to the commentary of Miami versus uh, Buffalo Bills as well. So we do have that there for you. Uh, how's this, uh, Beef? I, I did mention I thought Belinda Cord will reach the quarterfinals. Actually, she won her quarterfinals final uh, back in 1989 and how's this for some names around her, so uh, Belinda Cord will beat Katarina Lindquist in the quarters and then in the semis took on Helena Sukova who had just beaten Martina Navratilova Navratilova. Uh, and the Jeez. other semi-final that year was Steffi Graf and Gabby Sabatini. Mm.
4: I was a Sabatini fan. Yeah, well, I think a lot of, of us were. were fella.
1: Yeah, I think a lot of us were, to be fair. <laughs> Gabriella Sabatini. So there you go. Belinda Caldwell lost in that semifinal to Helena Sukova, who then went on and lost the final to Steffi Graf. There you go. So thanks for pointing out that we got that one wrong. Hey, uh, on the bringing, bringing stuff back, Beef, uh, Daniel reckons we should bring back Clash of the Codes to TV. Oh, yes. Yes, <laughs> we should. Oh, Clash of the
4: Codes. I mean... Reality TV or, or whatever you want to call mm. it these days has taken some interesting turns. But Clash of the Codes ahead of its time as far as it was reality T V, but it was reality TV that we were enthralled if I and admittedly back in those days there was only two channels on T V. Mm. Um, so you, you went with one or the other. But like me and my little schoolmates, we used to be glued to that, cheering on rugby. Rugby never won it. They used to we used to always win it was like cycling or triathlon. Mm-hmm. Triathlon
1: were very good at it. Yeah, um, um, I'm trying to think. Yeah, because cricket never really kind of cricket either. <laughs> no, no. <Okay. laughs> cricket was shambles on it. <laughs> um, but but for
4: those who might be a bit too young to know, this is essentially uh, oh jeez, what'd it be? It'd be it'd have to be 25 years ago mm. at least, and it was all the all the sports you can think of in New Zealand. All the, probably your, your 10 what you'd call mainstream yeah. um, sports. in New Zealand would have is it two? Was it two or three? Um, representatives and they would go for a series of different um, physical activities you know mud runs and obstacle courses and and all this stuff and and some of it was suited to others and and some of it wasn't but the funny thing was and and this will probably shock shock people is it wasn't just like you know your wider training group member representing the rugby or it was all your superstars because Back then, obviously, sport wasn't this big professional beast that was twelve months of a year. So you had you had All Blacks on your rugby team. You had I remember Hamish Carter. He was definitely in triathlon, yeah. um, and and like obviously, who would go on to be an Olympic gold medalist.
1: So <laughs> it was uh, it was the who's who of New Zealand sport, wasn't it, uh, Ricardo? It was, mate. It was. Maybe that's something we could look at bringing back. But it, if you're going to bring it back, it's going to have to be. Uh, like a masters games type thing, because you're not going to get the guys in the in the peak of yes. their careers doing it now, right?
4: Yeah, and that's, mate. You, you're coming on to winners, I know. I've had a little bit to do with a few TV production companies, and well, geez, I think we've done their job for them. <laughs> um, you just get about, you get, yeah, just say you just get guys just retired and go straight into it. Um, well, yeah. I mean
1: if we can, if we can get you as a and a mask singing a song, mate, anything's possible.
4: Well, yeah, I tell you what, if they pay the same as I well, had got paid to sing in a mass. then I'll the certainly do Crash for Codes, no doubt about that.
1: Uh-huh. There you go, we've heard it here. is in. Beaver's in. <laughs> Beaver's in. <laughs> it's 18 away from 8 here on SENZ. This is Breakfast with Beef and Ricardo in for Izzy and Kempi. We'll talk NFL next. We are 13 away from 8 o'clock here on SENZ. Breakfast with Beef and Ricardo in for Izzy and Kempi. And joining us out of the States to talk NFL uh, is uh, JP Acosta from SB Nation. G'day, JP, how are you?
0: Great. It was a uh, it was an interesting game last night. I that to say the least, it was one of the greatest games I've ever seen.
1: Well, I mean, not to get too biblical on it, mate, but biggest comeback since Lazarus. That's what people are saying. I mean, down <laughs> what was it twenty seven zip at at the
0: half. This yep twenty seven zip. It, this was arguably the biggest biggest comeback in the playoffs since the twenty eight to three game. And being in that stadium, it was just like. It wasn't more of like a comeback. It was just like an avalanche of all this emotion and just every pent up feeling that the Jaguars and the fans and the fan base have had for six years since 2017 just flowing onto the field. and It was just an insane atmosphere.
1: Yeah, of course. Uh, JP was at the uh, at the ground. We should have said that he, he writes covers the Jags exclusively. Jacksonville Jaguars. They were up against the uh, the Chargers out of LA. Twenty seven nil down. Come back 31 to thirty. JP, th- this Jacksonville team must be tough to follow and and tough to write about because. I- is the is the term uh, schizophrenic um, uh, about right for their season? Because I mean, we saw this team beat a very good Chargers team 38-10, I think, week three, and then they lost to the Texans, uh, who had only who only won one game all season. I mean, it doesn't get more mixed than
0: that. Yeah, and I think the biggest thing that happened for this Jaguars team is during that five game losing streak, none of the games were by more than a touchdown. They lost to the Eagles by five in a rain-filled, fumble-filled fest that probably will never be replicated ever. I think Trevor Lawrence fumbled the ball because of the rain like five times. They lost by one point to the Texans. They lost by three to the Broncos in London. And really, you could just tell this team needed to learn how to win. They needed to learn how to win the close games. Entering the season, they were coming in as one of the top three youngest teams in the league. And that showed during the losing streak. But then they were able to flip it around, and then they started winning those close games. You go down by a big margin to the Cowboys. You come back and win that game in overtime. You're down by, you're down against the Ravens with two minutes left in the game. You come back to win that one. It, even in the division championship game in week 18 against the Titans, they were down 16-13. You come back to win that game. So really, this team just needed to learn how to win. They had the talent. They had the talent to make be a playoff team. That was evident. They had the coaching, but they just needed to learn how to win. And you saw it on Saturday. They figured out how to win games.
4: We talk about, talk about Saturday's game there, JP. At what point, sitting in the stands, did you realize, actually, no, they're on here. We are going to get this one back.
0: So it was actually funny. Um, they scored to go into halftime. And I was like, okay. That's cool. 27-7. That's, that's fine. I can deal with that. The opening drive, the Chargers punted. Then the Jaguars came down and scored a touchdown. And I was like, okay, this is happening. The comeback is happening. And you could feel the energy start to pick back up. Nobody left. No fans left the stadium. They were all either in the concourse or they were sitting in the stands. You could feel the energy start to pick back up after that first touchdown. And then all the momentum was on the Jaguar side. The defense played phenomenal in the second half. The offense really started to figure out what the Chargers were trying to do. But you could tell after that opening touchdown in the second half, they're like, okay, this is about to happen
1: and it did happen, uh, the Jags threw uh, over the Chargers 31-30. to 30. Um, There has been a bit of talk, JP, about you know the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars also owns Fulham in the Premier League, and there's been some talk about expansion of the NFL, potentially relocating Jacksonville to be the London team in the NFL. Is, uh, is, has that got any more traction? I know there
0: was some talk about that earlier in the season. I don't think so. I really don't. I think... The Jaguars are as much a part of the city of Jacksonville as any other fan base with their football team. I think the fans in the city of Jacksonville are one of the most passionate fan groups in the entire league. If you think about all of the just the worst things that have happened to a fan base, you got to think of the Jaguars and like the Browns after going through. The Urban Meyer era, which was arguably the worst head coach in NFL history. You think about that 2017 team that almost made the Super Bowl and then immediately got disbanded. You think about all the stuff that they've gone through, and nobody left. None of those fans left. They were consistent, they were showing up to games, they were always rallying around the team. They're always thinking about this team. So, I really don't think you can move this team to London. You can expand by just creating a new franchise in London, but I don't think you can move Jacksonville, the Jaguars, out of Jacksonville. They are they are a deep part of this city. I, I have my Uber talking to me about the game for like my entire ride home to the hotel. It was crazy. Oh, that is outstanding, JP. Uh, I mean, what
1: next for Jacksonville? I know we've got a few games yet to go in the in the wild card
0: round, but who do you think you're going to be facing in the next round? Um, I definitely think it's going to be Kansas City, which is going to be a really interesting matchup. I think Kansas City beat the Jaguars 27-17 in the regular season, really didn't feel that close, but this is a very different Jaguars team than the one Kansas City faced earlier. Mm -hmm. This is a very, this is a more mature Jaguars team, a team that knows how to, that knows how to win, that knows no matter what deficit they're down by, they can always turn it around and pick it back up and one thing that i think is going to be really interesting is if it is eventually going to be kansas city it's doug peterson going up against kind of his coaching predecessor his mentor andy reed and a lot of the stuff doug peterson does resembles a lot of what andy reed did in his time with philadelphia a lot of the west coast a lot of the side to side passing you could see that in Doug Peterson's uh, passing game. So it'll be really fun.
1: Yeah, looking forward to that one, man. It's going to be a real shootout. J.P. Acosta from SB Nation writes uh, covering the Jacksonville Jaguars. Thank you very much for your time this morning, J.P., and best of luck next week against the Chiefs. Hopefully we can talk again.
0: Thank you, guys. Definitely will.
1: Cheers, uh, JP Acosta there from SP Nation. This is SCNZ. It is breakfast with Bevan Ricardo in for Izzy and Kempy. We are six away from eight. We're a minute away from eight o'clock here on SENZ. Yeah, uh, Bevan Ricardo with you through till uh, nine o'clock, and uh, Kyle Mills coming on after eight. Beavers, uh, you know the Black Caps get ready to to take on the Indians after conquering Pakistan.
4: Yeah, absolutely. It was a great result there, wasn't it? Getting mm. the series in Pakistan in the end, and. Uh, you know, makes that tour. You know, obviously drawn the Test series, but two uh, one in the one
1: days. Good results. First first series win in Pakistan of any sort since 1969 for New Zealand cricket.
4: That's good numbers, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, to break that sort of hooter and geez, as you, you mentioned the the ODI numbers of India. Wouldn't it mm. be nice
1: to turn those around? Yeah, exactly. Especially with uh, the One Day uh, International World <laughs> Cup coming up. Over there as well.
4: Sorry.
1: And, so, the family off to the beach, are they, Beef?
4: Uh, you're getting off the property. Yeah. They are getting off the property.
1: <laughs> Good stuff. We'll be back with more after the latest with news and sport with Aroha. Thanks to Kubota. It is breakfast with Beav and Ricardo in for Izzy and Kempy Just updating a couple of uh, sports results for you. Arsenal have won the North London Derby 2-0 over Spurs. Means Arsenal are now eight points clear at the top of the Premier League over Manchester City, uh, who are second. A point back is Newcastle and Manchester United, third and fourth, both on 38 points. Tottenham now five points out of the top four. And uh, not great news for your Miami Dolphins, Beef 17 zip down now. Um, Start of the second quarter. Yeah, not
4: great news. Not great news. Um, just back to your football, uh, which you are very much an expert on. Ricardo, do you wrap the title up now?
1: I think it's still too too far to go because, I mean, that's the amount of games that they play, right? So they're not even halfway through the season. Oh, is um, that right? I thought once
4: you get to Christmas, you need to be in a pretty good position or you.
1: yeah. Yeah, that's true. But then Arsenal are also in the FA Cup. They're also in the uh, Europa League as well. So they've got, and, and we've got Europe to come back. So they've they've lost one important player, and they've managed to cover that. I think Arsenal's issue will be depth. Um, they outside of their first level. I don't think they're as strong as other teams around them. As a club, have they got a history? Do they have a history of um, losing the impossible titles?
4: Is it them who sometimes?
1: No, uh, that, that was Newcastle did that uh, and Liverpool okay. did that as well. Newcastle yep. at one point under Kevin Keegan with 13 points clear at the top of the Premier League and, and um, absolutely mama cast it um, and uh, ended up losing that title to Manchester United. So, yeah, that has that, that happened in the past. What did you make of the Man U victory? Oh, mate, superb. Superb, yeah. yeah. Big, big win over Manchester City. I mean... Uh, the last two games Manchester City have played against United, they've scored 10 goals combined. <laughs> so to keep them to one was was outstanding. And then actually to get the win for United it shows how things have turned around under Eric Ten Hag. That's for sure, mate. It's, it's certainly and we, having a big effect. Was that at Old Trafford? Yeah, it was. It was at Old Trafford. So, so we, they are always going to be a bit of a chance there, weren't they? Yeah. Yeah, you'd think so. Although, I mean, we'd already played City before at City this season. Yep. So we've played them twice now. We lost that 6-3. So so, yeah. Yeah, it's a few isn't it? <laughs> it's a couple, mate. It's a couple. I tell you that much for free. I tell you, a bloke who is pretty happy about his football team at the moment is Kyle Mills because he's a bit of a uh, he, he, he's a bit of a Nottingham Forest fan, much like uh, Stuart Broad. And uh, your Forest are doing all right, Millsy. They've uh, they've clawed their way off the bottom and now currently thirteenth in the Premier League.
5: Yeah. Uh, look. Good morning, Lance. Yes, it's been a long time in the wilderness, hasn't it, Ricardo? <laughs> it's uh, 26 plus years and. You know, growing up, all my friends were either Man United, Arsenal, or Liverpool fans, and I was always in second and third division, <laughs> being a an Nottingham Forest supporter. So it's good to be back up in the top flight, and hopefully we're going to stay clear of relegation. Yeah, well,
1: I, th- I think under Steve Cooper, you've got every chance, Um, Cole. Um, can I ask you, though, before we move on to cricket, why Nottingham Forest? What, what Why did you support them as a kid?
5: Um, well, when I was a kid, I was a huge uh, Robin Hood fan, and um,
1: <laughs> I can see you in tights he... with, with a with a bow and arrow running around Lloyd Ellsmore Park.
5: Yeah, it kind of coincided um, with Sir Richard Hadley being, you know, a legend when I was growing up, and mm. he was playing. He played foot for knots and cricket for a, a very long time. And That's right. I used to read one of his books. There's always pictures of him at um, at, uh, at the Forest Stadium supporting Forest. So I thought. From a very early age, five or six, that that will do me. If it's good enough for Sir Richard and, and Robin Hood. I think I can jump on board as well.
1: Yeah, no, fair enough. It's a great story, mate. It's a great story. They <laughs> remember and play, uh, trumping up at knots, So, so no, that's good, mate. Hey, Kyle, we should talk uh, some black caps. So, talk some some cricket, um, mate. Uh, they've just uh, won in Pakistan. Won a series in Pakistan for the first time since 1969. Uh, now they go to India, where they have a 35 and eight record. Uh, when it comes to ODIs. Just how how tough is it? Give us uh, a bit of a lowdown. How tough is it to to, to go there as an away team and play in India?
5: Um, Oh, look, I I guess it's um, probably very similar for a a touring team to come here and take on the All Blacks in in their home ground, you know. It's a a pretty intense environment. You've got very passionate people and a passionate fan base. It's usually a sellout. It's usually exceptionally hot. And you're usually playing against some um, pretty decent cricketers, and we're playing in foreign conditions where, uh, not not so much in recent years, because there's more exposure for the younger New Zealand cricketers to play uh, to be exposed against spin and, and those hot conditions through those A tours. But going back with most of those 38 games we've played, uh, New Zealanders struggle on the low, slow, slow wickets, um, the spinning nature of the wicket, so it's very hard for our guys to to generate a run rate. But uh, I think the the amount of depth we have now, the amount of exposure our guys have had in IPL and A-tours, it shouldn't be as bad. But it is a very intimidating place to play, that's for sure.
4: Matt, you mentioned a few times the uh, the spinning tracks that they'll confront over there. Uh, how much excitement is a seam bowler is they jumping on a plane to go to India? I see Tim Southeavy's come home. Is that uh, is that him pulling rank now? Yeah. As far as
5: like, I don't need this, <laughs> smart move, smart move. I just saw the uh, the Indian score last night against Sri Lanka. They scored three hundred and eighty or three hundred and ninety runs in that top three. Gee whiz, Rohit Sharma. Uh Shibman Gil, I think is going to be an absolute superstar. And Brat uh, Coley's in your top three. And then you've got Shreyas High coming at number four. So Tim's pulled the right rein there to come <laughs> home for a bit of a, a freshen up and get some New Zealand sun, that's for sure. But it's uh, it, it, it can swing around a little bit at night over in India, but you just don't get the pace and the carry that you do here in New Zealand. And so it's very hard. So it's going to be interesting for me uh, uh, this next couple of weeks. The young New Zealand bowlers over there, you've got Jacob Duffy over there, you got Tickner over there, how they adjust their games from being here in New Zealand, being able to bang it in at a good length and even back of the length um, and try and push the batter back. It's a very hard thing to do over there. So there's going to be a big adjustment for those guys to get, get their length uh, a, a bit fuller and to try and bowl a bit straighter and have, have um, straighter field sets as well.
1: Um, I was going to say that, Indian team, I was just looking at the scorecard, Sharma 42 off the top, then uh, Shubhan Gill 116, Virat Kohli, first drop, 166 not out off 110 balls, falls away from there, 38-7-4-2, so obviously their weakness is the middle order of the Indians, so
5: we've, we've got them on toast, oh. go <laughs> Yeah, look, the middle order and the bowling attack's going okay, because they just bowled them out to 70, I <laughs> think <laughs> <laughs> it was, so... There's, uh, they're running into a bit of a freight train, I think. And to have our two you know, most experienced cricketers, Kane Williamson and, and Tim Southey coming on the Big Burn home, as you mentioned there, Beaver, is going to be a tough ask for us. But uh, look, Rohit Sharma, Virat Tohli, uh, all the experience in the world, and as I touched on before, this been Gill, I, I think he's going to be a superstar. He banged out 100 as well. So, look, we're going to start very well with the ball. Uh, it's a cliche, but early wickets uh, are, are crucial, especially over there. Um, look, and if you can get on top of them early, as I touched on before, you've got to try and use the pressure and expectation that they have. And I think the All Blacks have it here as well, Um if you can put those big teams under a little bit of pressure, you know, they, they, they can crack at, at, on occasions, you know, so it's a matter of getting to um, them to that point of being under pressure and that's the hardest thing. So if they can try and get early wickets um, and make some inroads early, we'll, we'll, we'll go a long way.
4: Mate, when you when you look at the squad, obviously a couple of the big superstars of ours coming home, but the the World Cup's not, not too far away. I guess it's going to come around quite quickly and in India. Who of our team, because we just seem to be got a great amount of depth at the moment who do you think's got I guess a fair bit to, to gain and not prove but I guess as far as that World Cup squad because it will come around and and obviously guys like someone like Bracewell now is so he seems to be a, almost a certainty now the way, the way he's gone the last sort of wee bit for a, the black caps who do you reckon I guess when they narrow it down to a 15 for a World Cup may need to have a big tour here?
5: Um, look, make some valid points there, Beaver. Because uh, yeah, the World Cup's not too far away, and the selectors made a big call just a couple of months ago in uh, dropping Martin Guptill. And there's a whole lot of runs there, and a whole lot of experience, and they decided to go uh, down the path of Finn Allen, who's 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 super exciting as a cricketer to watch. Now, very inexperienced and in playing in the subcontinent, so this tour here, I think, it's going to be vitally important for him to try and get a lot of learning and get a lot of experience of playing against a quality team in those conditions because uh, looking at the scorecard the last few weeks, he's uh, got a few 20s, 20s and 25s I think he's got. They really need to turn those starts into into a big score. So I think this this tour here is, is really important for him um, to really do something at the top of the order and get used to the to the conditions over there. Yeah, Michael Bracewell seems to be a guy they're uh, on on heavily. Um, again for him he's been playing in conditions which are New Zealand conditions and up in England in the, uh, in, the, in the winter as well so for him to get some exposure playing against his team is going to be really valuable for him and see how he can go Against a, a quality international lineup in, in those foreign conditions. And um, yes, yeah, so those two stand out to me where I see it's a very important tour. Hopefully, Devin Conway can, can keep on his merry way because he, he's a, he's a fine cricketer as well. And, and Glenn Phillips, I'm sure, would have taken a lot of confidence from what happened um, or what he was able to produce for the group um, a few days back.
1: Hmm. We've got a few other names in there mate i keen to see um, how Ben Lister for one goes um, left arm quick out of Auckland I mean, um, with Trent uh, making the decision not to be centrally contracted and Neil Wagner seeming to be really just a Red Bull bowler. We are a bit short on left arm quicks um, in for, for the ODI World Cup and T20 uh, he gets an opportunity over in India in the T20s. How do you rate him? Yeah look,
5: I've seen a little bit of him Um Uh, And He he looks like he goes good. He he, he swings the ball. I don't think he swings as much as as Trent Bolt, but he's certainly a bit taller than Trent Bolt and gives a bit of bounce as well. So he's certainly done his time here in Auckland. And and, and cricket's in the position now, and this is um, uh, all teams across the world, they don't have the big tours like they used to, where you could bring a young quick in and get them to play a few warm-up games or a few tour games before an international game. So... New Zealanders get a bit of uh, the raw end of the stick a little bit because we don't have that many players in the IPL. But uh, if you want to produce a young player like Ben Lister into the group, you you've got to do it in the hardest level of all, of playing international cricket against quality teams. So he's going straight into the fires then for his uh, his first experience on. we the silver fern, I guess. So it's going to be a huge ask, um, and I'm sure he'll he'll really feel it over there. Um, but uh, yeah, he's certainly got some talent, and he, and again, he's one of those guys that just needs as many game times as many overs under his belt as he possibly can. Uh,
1: and another one that we've seen—he uh, got a little taste um, in in Pakistan, but um, didn't really go uh, well for him. Was Henry Shipley, the Canterbury all-rounder. He, I mean, he looks like a great prospect. He can definitely, he can definitely bat. Um, he can. He's, he's quick. He's tall. Um, an opportunity for him too, here in India, and I, I guess. You know, that um, fast, well, you know, pace bowling all-rounder, uh, given that Daryl Mitchell's not bowling a lot at the moment, that that is something that, we're, that they're looking for, maybe a Ben Stokesy type player?
5: It yeah, look, really keen to watch this guy play. I've heard a little bit about him, but again, haven't seen too much of him. Um, I think he might have bowled all right the other night. I know he didn't get a wicket, but he bowled six or seven overs, I think, mm. for only 20, 25, 28 runs, so on a high-scoring wicket. So he must have bowled okay, um, pretty unfortunate to get a first ball duck um but look that's the that's the way it goes um yeah again one of those guys just needs game time so hopefully uh he can be exposed a little bit and, and get a taste of it um because it doesn't get it, it really doesn't doesn't get much harder than in international cricket going over to india and, and playing in that environment and i guess it's going over to play cricket in, in australia as well it, it's the really tough environments to go play um so he's uh been asked a big question of them but hopefully these boys and young fellas can step up.
1: Yeah, good stuff, Cole. Thanks very much for coming on, mate. Uh, are, you, are you back at work here, or are you still on holidays?
5: I've been up north, up in up in Russell, mate. Having I mean, it rained a little bit early on, but we had a great time up there. Um, yeah, but the big uh, big drive home last night was uh mentally challenging with three kids in the back seat who are essentially tired, um, and they're all getting a bit bigger, so the space in the back seat is uh, a Ford Arthur territory, i tell you that right now.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh, You got home in one piece, mate, that's the main thing, eh?
5: Yeah, that's for sure.
1: Yeah, good stuff, mate. Thanks for coming on, Kyle, go well, mate, and enjoy the rest of it. Hopefully we can get some sunshine for you.
5: Yeah, yeah, no worries, I was... I suppose you produce a producer fellow about the uh, animation, or what? What's um, not animation, but what, what could come back from the game of cricket that that's gone missing? Mm. You guys chatting about that
1: this morning? Yeah, we were. Yeah, I mean, if we had um, uh, a Welsh rugby re- uh, reporter, James Trafford, started a, a uh, uh, what do you call it? Um, a petition to bring back the old black-ended, black-tipped Adidas rugby balls. You know, the brown leather ones with the black yes, tips on there. Yeah, he wants to bring those yeah. back. Like,
5: yeah. What would you bring back to cricket? Well, well, crickets come a long way in in animation, right? Wagon wheels, and you've got CRS, and there's always technology. Um, Every season there's something new. But the first bit of animation that they had was without question the best, and I cannot believe i have got rid of it. It was when you got a first ball duck, or a duck, there was a... (laughs) Yes. a duck that would walk across the screen as the batter was walking off and it would also be quacking away yes. Yes. if you got a first ball duck and it's easily the best bit of animation involved in cricket they've <laughs> got rid of it
1: 100% that was the World Series wasn't it they brought that in the Aussies
5: it's the World Series. It came in before wagon wheels and, and everything. And uh, they've got rid of it. And it's easily the best. I, I, someone needs to bring it back for sure.
4: And they've, and they've fashioned up the worms too much for me these days. Uh, the old school worm yeah. with the mountain of uh, wickets all in one spot. That was special.
5: 100%. I look at some of these worms and sky They're so confused. I can't work some of them
1: out. <laughs> <laughs> good stuff, Kyle. Thanks, uh, th- thanks for listening, mate. Thanks for contributing. And uh, always good to chat to you, mate. We'll have to catch up uh, shortly, eh? Oh? For sure, lads. Go well. Cheers. Kyle Mills there with us uh, talking cricketers. 19 past eight here on ECNZ. Keep your texts coming through. What would you bring back? That was a great shout, bringing back oh, the, the animated geez. duck. Sensation. A great shout from Kyle Mills. (laughs) Keep yours coming through. Double eight, double three. We'll get to more of those texts after this. It is eight twenty-four here on Breakfast with Beeve and Ricardo in for Izzy and Campy, and joining us uh, after his break away uh, with the TAB is Paul Mawati. Paulie, we have been talking about what would you bring back from uh, yesteryear for sport after uh, James Trafford, the uh, the Welsh rugby journalist, uh, has started a petition to bring back the old black-tipped Adidas rugby ball from the uh, from the nineteen eighties. You must have something for us, Paul. What would you want to bring back?
3: Uh, oh, I like the fact that you used to be able to run onto the field after games um, and, and celebrate with your with, with your team, sort of thing. At least let the kids run onto the field at full time.
1: Yeah, yeah, I like that. Um, I guess it's just drawing a line, Beavers, to who's a kid and who's not, because some of us <laughs> do tend to lose a bit of perspective <laughs> when our team wins. Yes,
4: yes. <laughs> so, a so few inappropriate kids get on the field, there'll be <laughs> <for> trouble. <laughs>
3: At least at least big won't be running onto the field after the Miami Dolphins lose uh, this morning. <laughs> no,
1: seventeen <laughs> three, they are down. Been a bit of biff in this one as well, Paulie.
3: Yeah, there's a bit of feeling in this game and I, I guess the the Dolphins are frustrated um with their um who's our quarterback, uh plan, you know, if uh a, a tour was playing, then they're a fair, fair to come chance. It's um I guess it's always tough up against the Buffalo Bills, who have been in that first or second line of favoritism to win the Super Bowl this season. Uh, but when you when you don't have a a quarterback, then I guess you can get very very frustrated with the way the sort of the game unfolds, and it just looks like the Buffalo Bills. just have to um, meander through uh, the next the second half, and. Um, they'll be heading into next week uh, to take on. I'm not sure who they'll be facing, but I've just had a look at uh, some of the outrights there, and I can tell you we've, uh, we've taken a number of large bets on the Super Bowl winner. Um, the biggest bet, well, we've had a few $1,000 bets. There's been a $1,000 bets on the Chiefs at $4, uh, on the Eagles at $26, uh, two $1,000 bets on the Giants at $46, um, and funnily enough, a $1,000 bet on the Dolphins at $91 to win the Super Bowl. So, um, gee. <laughs> Beef's going to have to sell a few more cans of grins to make that money back.
1: <laughs> Was that you, Beef? Uh, look, Can I'm we- all in on them, but <laughs> not, they're not not that heavy. <laughs> not that all in. Not that all in. Um, what about yesterday, uh, Paul? And the Jags that big comeback from 27 points down to win 31 30 over the Chargers. Did anybody get a piece of that when the uh, when things were at halftime?
3: Look, there are always punters who love to jump on a huge, huge underdog. And that was, there was no, it was the case yesterday. Um, you would have written them off. What would you say? 27 nil. Mm. The charges were up um, and the Jags look all but gone. But Trevor Lawrence and the and the boys uh, stormed back in. And yes, there were a number of punters who jumped on uh, the Jags. I think they got out to around 14 or $15 at one stage. Um, and you could have got them plus, I think they were plus 20-odd points uh, during that um, first half. So, um, yeah, yeah. there's a few punters who uh, jumped on the underdog and came up trumps.
4: Now, Paulie, an exciting time of year for tennis fans and gambling tennis fans. Uh, Aussie Open starts today. Plenty of money coming in on it.
3: Yeah, I'm just having a look at the outright market for the uh, Women's Australian Open. And the best-backed, no surprises, it's the favourite, Iga Swiatek. So it's $3.10. Of course, we'll have a new champion, uh, the defending champion, no longer playing tennis, of course. And if you were listening to Quizzy Dag, you'd know who the defending champion was. Ash Barty, of course, uh, giving the game away. Uh, The second best-backed in that outright winner market... Uh, Coco Goff, currently $10 to win the Aussie Open. She's been second best backed uh, behind the Favourite Swiatek. And then Jessica Pagula at 9.50 uh, is the third best back uh, on the women's side. So the Favourite has seen a lot of support. But um, Coco Goff, not without her fans, probably because we saw her here um, during the, uh, what was it, the ASB Classic. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
4: Particularly in the early rounds, Paul, I reckon there's a real opportunity uh, with um, set betting and uh, some of his heavy favourites not to drop a set. Um, I'm looking at your sit surpasses of the world. He's paying two bucks not to drop a set against the World 64 today. I like the look of that.
3: Yeah, well, and, and of course we've got our bonus back promotion uh, on all the men's and women's singles uh, matches at the Aussie Open. Um, just place a pre-match head-to-head bet, uh, and if your player loses in the deciding set, I will refund your bet up to $50 as a bonus bet. Now, uh, usually in these early round matches, as you say, uh, Beef, they can be somewhat one-sided, but if you can see um, a match that might go either way, uh, then there's a chance for a, a bonus bet uh, back if um, your player loses in the deciding set. Yeah,
1: nice. Good stuff, Paul. Well, it sounds like you're busy, mate. Uh, you, you're just to hit the ground running for 2023?
3: Oh, boy. Uh, I'm just waiting for that muscle memory to kick in because I'm a wee bit lost at the moment, uh, uh, Ricardo.
1: <laughs> well, you, mate, if your muscle memory kicks in, people will be like, why is Paul doing that with his arm at the, at the desk? It's just like, there's nothing in his hand. It keeps going to his mouth. That muscle memory, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, touche, Ricardo yeah, yeah.
3: Well done I'm glad to see you got the derby win
1: Yeah, mate, uh, very happy with that Thank you very much, Paul Paul Mawari for the TAB with us uh, It is half past eight here on SENZ This is Breakfast with Beave and Ricardo in for Izzy and Kempe thanks to the Chemist Warehouse Great Savings Every Day Let's get to Araha now with news for Kubota building and shaping the future
2: It's 26 to 9 here on SENZ You're listening to Izzy and Kempe for Breakfast with Ricardo Ball and Beef is in. Kempe will be back next week. So good to see Smithy has finally returned to SCNZ. Can't wait to hear him on air. That'll be a good one. Also, tune in tonight to catch the tennis with Brett Phillips of coverage of the Aussie Open. Lots going on in the sporting world right now. Also, you can tune on the SCN Fanatic app to catch the Bills vs Miami game. The Bills are well, not crushing Miami at the moment, but Miami aren't showing much. Um, time for your Gull Sporting Headlines. Gull fueling your mission all year round. I said this earlier in the morning, but if you didn't catch it, Mornay Morkel will join the White Ferns as tour coach where he will provide fast bowling and general coaching sport ahead of the next, uh, World Cup next month. In baseball news, the Auckland Tewatara completed a 13-8 win over Geelong, Career on Sunday to clinch their Australian Baseball League series in Geelong. They need to win as many games as the Canberra Cavalier, Cavaliery next weekend Secure a spot in the final So they're still in it Cavalry Cavalry (laughs) Sorry boys I just had an E In there I don't know why I uh You know There's no excuse Because I've been doing The early mornings All the way through summer It's not like I've had to break off I don't know why My brain's not working Interesting Um Yeah, that's, that's sporting headlines. I'm going to go to bed. Gal, feeling your mission, pop into your local, some good fuel, visit gal.co.nz. Joe, yeah. before you go to
4: bed, and this has been trouble, troubling me all morning yeah. uh, with your sporting headlines because it keeps popping up. This team from Geelong, Korea, um, fascinating mix geographically. Um, how does it come to be? And am I reading too much into it or is it in fact Geelong, the Melbourne suburb and Korea a nation?
1: I have no idea. I, I, okay. I, I can see you straight here. You're right, beef. It is they're, they're a team based in Geelong. Yes. but they've been backed by the Korean Baseball Association and they've basically it's their, I think it's like they're under 23s. That's something like that. so it's like a development team for Korea for, for um, the Korean national team. And they they play in the uh, Australian uh, Baseball League and they obviously put a bit of a coin into it.
2: So I think all the players are Korean. Mm. Because I I thought it might be a mix, but no, it's it's a a completely Korean team. Yeah.
1: yeah, and Because, I mean, I understand that confusion, though, because in Australia particularly, we've seen it happen in the past where they've had uh, mainly with football teams because it's such an immigrant-heavy nation. They used to have, uh, you know, we even had it here with Central United. Football used to be Central Croatia. Over there they had you know, they had that um, you know uh, Sydney Olympic was a Greek team and they would have Marconi would be the Italian team and they'd so that would always be like that. So yeah, I mean you could see where you could have a Geelong career and it's basically just the Korean expat community have their own club and that's what it's called. I can see why you could be confused by that.
4: Yeah, I mean I just I just don't want Joe to be just reading off. <laughs> Off the bit of paper, you know. Yeah. I, I'm big on, you know, if you're gonna say something, I want some detail and some knowledge behind it, Joe. Um, so thank you for clearing that up, Ricardo.
1: That's all right, mate. It's all about educating Joe. That's what we're here for. That's what we're here for. He does. He does need some education. He is currently wearing a 49ers jersey, so you know, as an Oakland Raiders fan, I find that hard to uh, hard to swallow. And is that with the Great Joe's number on it? The other Joe? The it, other Great Joe?
2: It is. That's why I'm a 49ers fan, actually, because Dad used to call me Cool Joe
1: growing up, because he was a big 49ers fan uh, himself. Oh, oh, that's uh-huh.
2: good. Yeah, I suspect that's why I'm
1: called Joe, I think. And a yeah. big part of the reason why you're so cool as well.
2: Uh, thank you, Ricardo.
4: I you was gonna s- <laughs> Did you get beaten up at school, Joe, when you introduced yourself as uh, Cool Joe?
2: I got beaten up regardless, but yes, I- <laughs> 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 but, but yes it didn't help no it didn't help okay I'm cool Joe dad calls me cool Joe that's my name
1: <laughs> oh, outstanding outstanding good stuff boys it is 22 away from 9 o'clock keep your texts coming through Double eight, double three. what would you like to bring back from yesteryear in sport we've had a couple of these I know you'll enjoy this one Beef uh, Jimmy Jandal suggested bring back the days when the Crusaders were rubbish
4: yeah I mean uh, I wouldn't be alone there you know, saying, why not... (laughs) Um, It was only that real first year but they were real rubbish, wasn't it? Yeah, they finished
1: bottom, didn't they, that year. Yeah. Then mm-hmm. I think mean, they one it the year well, did they win the year after or won it two years later. It's a couple of years later, yeah, a couple of years later they um they, they got they got it back onto onto winning uh, onto winning ground. But yeah, that Crusaders team, boy, it's been a long time the since they've been an ordinary side. But keep your texts coming through. Double eight, double three. Uh when we come back, uh, we're gonna be talking to Brett Randall out of Central Districts and talk to him about his performance with the ball, his teammate Will Young's performance with the bat, and what his coach is up to. It's 16 away from 9 o'clock here on SENZ and yeah, Beaver and Ricardo in for Izzy and Kimpy, who are back from next Monday and actually we've heard from Izzy uh, because we were talking about things you'd like to see brought back from yesteryear to sport and uh, Jimmy Jandel suggested bringing back when the Crusaders were rubbish which I think most of the rest of the country would agree with but uh, Izzy Dagg has tuned in he's texted us through on the double eight double three, the Temper bedpost text wishing on Crusaders, rubbish Wash your mouths out. So uh winding Izzy up before he gets back into it next week, which is all good. Uh, Brett Randall joins us now from Central Districts Cricket. G'day, Brett, how are you?
8: Morning guys, how are you going?
1: Yeah, good mate. Good. I, I, I know uh I know you're an N D boy originally now playing for C D, but uh, would you would you be adverse to going back to the days when the Crusaders were rubbish, mate? bringing back that from East to yeah?
8: Oh, not at all, mate. Not at all. I would love to see that any day of the week.
1: <laughs> Stuff we did have Kyle Mills on earlier. He said the thing he wanted to bring back from yesteryear was you know when you got a duck in the old World Series and you'd walk off and they'd have the animated duck following you, going across the bottom of the screen. He, he wants to bring. Yeah. It in. He said that's the yeah. best the best graphic cricket's ever come up with.
8: Oh, absolutely! It's the entertainment factor. Right? People would love it.
1: Yeah, exactly, mate. Well, speaking of entertainment factor, how's it been for you this season? I mean, as a, as a cricketer, given how how much rain we've had, I mean, how much entertaining of yourself and your teammates have you had to do sitting in the sheds?
8: Yeah, it's tough. It's tough for sure. I mean, there's definitely uh, the playing cards get uh, get thrown around, and um, you know, there's a lot of social media scrolling to try and pass the time. But um, now we're we're pretty used to it. I mean. Yeah, you know, we played some adverse conditions
1: here, so yeah, we're pretty used to it. That's good, mate. That's good. Of course, Duckworth Lewis uh, came uh, sorted things out for you yesterday against uh, against Auckland, mate. But uh, got to talk. I mean, fair play to you, first of all. Three for thirty-two. That's all. That's always a, a a great return of figures. But your old teammate Will Young sort of stole the headlines, didn't he?
8: Yeah, he did. That was a pretty phenomenal, uh, phenomenal over that he hit uh, off uh, Delport there. But unfortunately, he got out at the end. But um, no, nah, his what was it, 67 off 27 balls or something like that, really set us up to win that game. It was an amazing display of batting.
4: Brett, what have you made so far? Obviously, with the Black Caps being overseas, been a fair few guys coming and out of the domestic stuff. What's the what's the competition been like this year so far?
8: Um, I still feel like it's been pretty good. I mean, it's awesome when uh, the Black Caps uh, come back and play. You know, they make the competition stronger. But um, with the nature of the T20 leagues around the world and more guys being away playing cricket, we've had a lot of more, I guess, younger, maybe inexperienced guys have to step up and, and play a bit more cricket. And I think it's been really, really good for the competition as a
7: whole.
1: They, I mean, it, it is always difficult. We you mentioned the rain and things, but it, it seems to have really levelled out. Um, anybody can beat anybody on their day at the moment in the, and not only the Ford Trophy, but also in the Super Smash. You know, we've seen that. Um, what do you put that down to? Do you think?
8: I think that's just the beauty of our competition. You know, we're obviously a relatively small country compared to some of the other country, uh, cricket countries around the world, mm. and um, you know we have. Quite a small sample size of really high quality players, and that allows us to have a really high quality competition compared to some other countries around the world.
1: Now you we're talking about Will Young. He hit five sixes off the first five balls of an over. Tried to go for the sixth and got caught on the boundary. There's two ways that can go, right? Either you're just stoked that you've scored what you've scored, or two, you're absolutely filthy. So was it a cricket bat through the door, or was he was he was he quite happy once he uh, once he got into the sheds? Uh,
8: I think he was. Yeah, I think he was all right. I mean. He'd uh, he'd already broken one of his bats earlier on in the innings. So I don't think he wanted to break another one by smashing it against the wall. <laughs>
4: <laughs> what were what the boys like watching, mate? Were they going? There's no way he's not going to have a crack here.
8: Oh yeah, it was it was bananas. Honestly, he hit the first couple, and we were sort of chatting amongst ourselves, thinking, "Is he going to continue going here?" And and he did. And then later on in the over, we were trying to figure out where he was going to hit the ball next. And yeah, it was just. <laughs> crazy because he kept delivering it was unbelievable
1: yeah i mean as somebody watching that i guess you know as your teammates you're like this is great but also you've got that little bit in the back of your head as a bowler going oh god i'm glad that's not me out there delivering those i mean what yeah if you're in that situation what are you doing
8: oh 100 um the key is that you don't want to be thinking like that but it's too easy to start thinking like that (laughs) um i don't know if, if that was me i'd just be thinking like how can i get out of the over without taking uh, much more damage you know if I can get one of those balls to go for one or two then that's a win for me but then hey Louis got a wicket with the last ball and was over so he ended up getting the last laugh. Yeah he did get the
1: last laugh hey a question for you uh, and I, I mean I, I've just seen this come up on Crick Info this morning Brett so I don't know uh, if you've had a chance to talk about it as a team or not but uh, Rob Walder. Uh, your coach uh, off to coach South Africa, mate. Um, I'm not sure whether it's going to be white ball or red ball, but he's been named as one of two new coaches, and they are splitting the roles over in South Africa. What's the uh, what's the feeling like in the team losing losing Rob at this stage of the season?
8: Um, you know, it's it's one of those things. I mean, everyone has a has a career right, and, and it's an outstanding opportunity for Rob, and I think uh, all the lads are are really excited for him. Um, you know, he's he's put in a lot of good work. Uh, with us and we're all very appreciative of that so we just can't wait to see him uh, go to that South African team and do his thing
1: Yeah, how, how many of you are looking back to see if you've got any South African grandparents and see if you might get a call up <laughs>
8: <laughs> I think all the South Africans live in Auckland mate so I
1: think we're yeah. alright <laughs> uh, Fair, well played Brett well, well played mate hey, um, <laughs> thanks very much for coming on mate I really appreciate your time, go well and uh, good luck for the rest of the Super Smash, eh?
8: Awesome. Cheers, guys. Appreciate
1: it. Cheers. Brett Randall here from CD with us. What a champion. What a champion. Giving it to us, uh, well, giving it to me at least, babe, with all the South Africans living in Auckland. Yeah, absolutely. Is the uh, they of living on the North Shore? I'd imagine. Oh mate. Well, we used to we used to refer to the North Shore as Northern Transvaal because you know <laughs> it's kind of particularly if you went up to Bay, Browns Bayway, it was it was the <laughs> accent got got a bit thicker up that way. Uh, it's nine away from nine o'clock. When we come back, the great man, the doyen, Ian Smith, he is back. We'll have a chat to Smithy and see what's coming up after nine with him. Ian Kempy for breakfast on SENZ. Yeah, we're four away from nine, Bevan Ricardo, and for Izzy and Kimpy, and our Choices Flooring poll, uh, Choices Flooring New Year's Carpet Sale is on now. Here's the results from it. We were saying, what's the best part about being back to work or coming back to work and it's, uh, it's all tied up. Uh, getting away from the kids and seeing your workmates' terrible sunda- uh, suntan slash sunburn tied at 33%. 22%, forgetting about the crappy weather. 12%, the excuse not to mow the lawns. Uh, that is our Choices Flooring poll. Start this year off in style at the Choices Flooring New Year's carpet sale. Beaver did that surprise you at all? Yep. Uh. You've a tan thing, something that's never really dawned on me in the, in the past, Ricardo. Mm, but, mm. Uh, yeah, interesting. Interesting, all right. We've been asking, what would you bring back from yesteryear in a sporting context? And we've had a lot of texts on double eight double three for this, but I think uh, probably uh, the thing that we most wanted to bring back from yesteryear in terms of a sporting sense is, uh, is Ian Smith to the 9 to midday slot here <laughs> on SENZ. Smithy, the doy he joins us. G'day, mate.
6: How are you? Hey guys, nice to catch up with you again in the new year, Ricardo. Sterling Service um, from uh, across the Tasman. I've been listening so Sterling Service over the break, and Beaver with a lovely new location with a, a um, look. looks like a well, a nine dollar fifty three umbrella. Um, the, rich, the, retro, the retro, the retro beach umbrella. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty cool, i got to say. Absolutely great backdrop. too. So you can stick Kempi's view of the Bay of Islands. i tell you, that's much better. <laughs> Where are you, Smithy? Oh, I'm just back home now um, yep. after a long period of time overseas, Dave. Um, so back home now and getting stuck in for uh, a long haul here on SENZ. Looking forward to it. Yeah, getting, getting digging. We were talking, Smithy,
1: as you as a, you would have heard about what you'd like to bring back from yesteryear. James Stafford is a Welsh rugby journalist, and he's bringing back. Uh, he wants to bring back the black-tipped Adidas rugby ball. You know the old one from the eighties. Yep. He started a uh, yes. he started um, a what do you call it? A petition to bring that back uh, from Adidas. What What would you bring back?
6: The beige. Bring back the beige. Bring <laughs> back the beige. <laughs> it's just got to come back. Bring back the beige cricket uniforms, particularly in... T20 cricket, it's just got to happen. Full beige, not not just a touch of beige, full beige. Bring back the beige.
4: Ed, uh, you'll enjoy this too. We had Kyle Mills on early, Smithy, and uh, he wanted to bring back the animated uh, duck that used to go flying across the screen when a batsman got a first ball. That was pretty special. Like
6: it? <laughs> I like that too. That was a Channel 9 thing. Whack, 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 whack. Used to stick it up all the time there. Yeah. <laughs> You're right, man. Bring back, yeah, that would be me. Bring back the beige and uh, all that great cricket coverage. Yeah, yes, and yes. summer. Also, I'll tell you what I'd like to, uh, mm-hmm. and we do it now, because we have a lot of um, SENZ uh, live commentary of events. Uh, Ricardo, you, you guys would be too young, but sitting on the, on the, in the beach, if you can finally get some sun, with your transistor on, and they still have transistors, <laughs> yeah. listening to a day of sport coverage. Listening to a day of sport coverage. That is bringing back for me.
1: Yeah, that'd be fantastic, mate. Now we have got you back for, for 2023. What's on the show today? What's on the first show back?
6: Uh, we're going to talk a bit of cricket with Dion Ibrahim, who's the coach of the Otago Vault, uh, also a former Zimbabwean cricketer. A lot to talk about with him. Jake Spoonley will be with us. Uh, of course a big weekend of football ricardo one of the phoenix f- f- women sent off for scrapping mm. unbelievable stuff and of course mate uh, we'll be talking about the, the australian open tennis plenty on the show mate
1: plenty on the show and uh, rob walter getting the south african coaching job what about that mate cd coaches That's a, going everywhere
6: Beauty. yep well they bring him over here they coach cd and they send him back
1: <laughs> good stuff <laughs> smithy with you after nine o'clock right here on senz beef thanks very much this morning Cheers, Ricardo. You'll, Cheers be, you'll be back again tomorrow we'll with Louis Herman-Watt. Vodafone has one awesome summer of sport...